here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. <laughs> Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Grange alongside, as always, the King of Banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanz. And Joe, this is a quite an action-packed uh, pre-show thing we had. You were munching on a, a Crunchy Bar? Is that the name of it? Yeah, it's called a... Uh, well, for people who have no idea what you're talking about, I was sent a package from uh, the great Alan Cunahan and, uh, and the lovely Sarah. They sent me a, a package of exotic European candy. To sample. Um, so yes, I've been eating periodically. Been eating the exotic European candy, and today, yes, I had a crunchy bar. That's C R U N C H I E, not with a Y. Yes, of course. Crunchy bar. <laughs> um, I've been giving each of these exotic European candies a star rating and a full review, uh, which I'll be doing probably on Lanza Unf- the Return of Lanza Unfiltered, more than likely. But uh, I did not like the crunchy bar, Rich. I wasn't a fan of the crunchy bar. It was. Uh, it was a lot like the American Butterfinger, um, a candy bar which I despise. I do not like. I, well, you're wrong. You're you're very wrong. On that. I it's, I don't enjoy fantastic. the Butterfinger. So fantastic. Just like what, you're wrong. you know, the best thing about tweeting about food on the Twitter feed is half the people call you an, an idiot, and the other half the other half of the people <laughs> right. are like pat- patting you on the back, going, "Yeah, Butterfinger stinks," and the other half are going. You're a complete moron. Butterfingers are delicious. So it doesn't matter what food item you do. Yeah, we don't get that with the wrestling. With the wrestling, it tends to be, you know, have your contrarians or whatever that, that, that will argue about whatever. But for the most part, we tend to have, you know, a lot of people that seem to like the same stuff or, you know, and it's not to say everybody does, but we have a fair, I'd say a majority tend to agree that was good. You know, hey, that match was good. Yeah, I liked it too. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Not necessarily like agreeing that this is the greatest match of all time, but like, but, but yeah, when we talk about food, when we talk about pizza, it's just nonstop. Like, the only thing that – dogs is 100%. Everybody loves dogs. Nobody complains about when we talk about dogs. But when we talk about food and pizza, it gets people fired up and, like, arguments start and people are, are bad-mouthing one another and people are throwing jabs at me because I live in Chicago and I have to remind people I don't like deep-dish pizza. And then, like, people talk about New Jersey and New York pizza and then, like – 
all the Europeans come in and say, well, we have good pizza too. It's just like, it's, it's a war zone. And the same thing happens with candy too. So it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Candy, food, pizza. We really should just do that instead. I feel like we'd probably get more passionate and probably more views and uh, more sponsorships if we just did a pizza podcast or a food podcast. Well, I didn't, but, I didn't give Crunchy the lowest rating so far. I actually, no. Oh, wow. I sampled something that was worse than the Crunchy. It was something called Twist. You tell. Twist. Twist. Okay. Twist was like the crunchy. All right, look, I just don't like the Butterfinger style of candy bar. Okay, but I at least finished it. Twist, I threw out half of it. I couldn't even finish. It's a twist or twirl. And maybe twirl. Yeah, it's twirl. Twirl. Yeah, That's okay. I, okay. I it is a yeah. twist the other day too, but it's called twirl. Twirl. Okay, let's look at. Ooh, that. What is that poop inside of it? What is in that thing? It's just a oddly textured chocolate. It's very Ew. bizarre, and it does not taste. Like Cadbury, apparently. Yeah, I've never. What is in the? Yeah, why does it look like that inside? The twirl was not good. I gave it a star and three quarters. I did not enjoy it. It was dry. Um, the chocolate... It looks dry. It looks like what I would assume most UK candy tastes like. I know their stuff is very good, but th- this is like in my... Because it looks like 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 roast beef or something like that. Like, are you looking... Let me show you a picture. And like, here's the first picture that came out. Oh, that's up. exactly what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, doesn't it? It looks like just like a stack of like roast beef inside. It's a, it's a horrendous candy. candy. Yeah. Well, it didn't taste good. Um, you know, it was the Molina versus Alicia Fox of UK candy. It just wasn't good. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, you know, now, now there's one item I gave uh, four and three quarters. I almost went the full five on an item. I don't want to spoil what it is yet, but, uh, okay, wow. and there was another, always, uh, always the showman, always the showman. That's right. So. There was a second item I went four and a half on. So there was a lot of good items in that thing. And I haven't even got, I've only gone through five items. Listen, Rich, I got to pace myself because as you know, I got to stay in top peak physical condition. So I can't eat this entire tin of candy. That's the other thing. He sent me in this tin, this vintage Disney tin with uh, Mickey Mouse and uh, Donald Duck on here. This thing's got to be from the 1960s. I feel bad. I got to send this back to them because this is a very nice uh, vintage tin that they sent me. But uh, but yeah, so I'm working my way through that. I'm going to be picking this crunchy bar out of my teeth for the next three hours because, as you know, anything with the Butterfinger-like texture – it's just going to be stuck in your teeth. Yeah, and I like the Butterfingers, but yeah, that, that is a, a, a real big downside of it is, like, the next three hours, you're just, like, grinding through your teeth to try to get these, like, remnants of the Butterfinger. And, like, I enjoy the taste, so I'm like, yeah, more Butterfinger. It's, it's fine with me, but, like, I, it's still annoying. And, like, there's a point where you're like, all right, I'm done. I want to eat another thing. Because now, like, you're going to eat, like, a tortilla chip in, like, two hours, and it's going to taste like a Butterfinger. And you're like, no, okay, I'm done. Like, I did the Butterfinger thing already. I'm done. Yeah, like, I got I to gotta, gotta go, so. go brush my teeth after this because <laughs> I, I can feel it. It's, like, stuck in my teeth now. It's going to be a fun show. we got a lot to talk about uh, today. we got a bunch of other stuff going on with, of course, the Royal Rumble weekend, the you know, the big show, Royal Rumble, of course. We're going to preview that. Uh, NXT TakeOver San Antonio, Evolve 76 and 77, the final weekend for Chris Hero. Uh, some other events as well. Joe, I know you're going to be attending these. you got some Jim Ross live shows. I know uh, if you want to see Joe Lanza in, you know, in the flesh, he'll be at... Uh, every Jim Ross spot, uh, type event, he'll be there uh, in a slobberknocker t-shirt, ready to shake hands with everybody. Um, and also, we got some uh, interesting stuff with Kenny Omega that we heard about today on Wrestling Observer Radio. He kind of, quote, revealed uh, what he was going to be doing, <laughs> his plans, uh, whether he's going to be at the Royal Rumble, all the other good stuff. We'll talk about that. Uh, and some also some bizarre stuff going on with Triple H and guys getting pulled from UK shows. We talked a little bit about it last week, but there's some more news that came out and more things going on. And it, it's really just becoming, becoming crystal clear kind of what's going on here and it's something that we said was going to happen so it's another uh, chance of course for us to say that we were right and we you know we don't like doing that joe on this show we don't like really telling people when we were right but i mean we were absolutely right we're, we're gonna show. tell people we were right a lot on this show which is kind of like a recurring theme at this point 
But why don't why does anybody listen to us, Rich? <laughs> I mean, many people listen to us, but you're talking about the hypothetical listeners and like, yes, like, trust what we say. They don't trust us. Yes, they listen to us, but they don't trust us. That's right. We need more people to listen to us, though. So keep listening. Tell your friends and family. Subscribe on iTunes. There you go. Um, let's start with Kenny Omega on uh, tonight's, uh, I guess tonight's this afternoon as we're recording this. Uh, it's Thursday the 26th, uh, and I, I think the show was out a little bit in the afternoon. But uh, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, Kenny Omega was a guest with Dave and Brian and was on to reveal his plans for the future. Uh, he mentioned specifically that he will not be at the Royal Rumble. He just wanted to get that out of the way right now. He didn't want people to be distracted and, and get mad and get upset or whatever. He's not going to be at the Royal Rumble. And we, and we knew that from the beginning. We talked about that last week, that there was no there was no way he was going to be at the Rumble. One way or another, whatever his plans were, whatever his next step were, was going to be, he was not going to be at the Rumble because the, 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 the dates just didn't match up. He just would not have been able to contractually show up at the Royal Rumble. So we knew that that wasn't a possibility, but... He got it out there. He said that. Uh, other things he did say, uh, he was going to be flying back to New Japan in February to negotiate a deal. He said things are going well, and he looks like he will uh, sign a new deal with them. Uh, he didn't reveal exactly what he said. The, the chances are he's going to be there for another year. You can kind of interpret that, and I think I interpreted it the way that you did, and I think how many of us kind of thought last week as well, is that he's been signed for New Japan for a while. He's just using this as kind of a way to kind of get, gain some buzz, but it was never a question that he was not going to be in New Japan for the next year, correct? Look, we, that's how I that's how I read I, it. I read between the lines there. Yeah. We've been talking about it for weeks. OK, the rumble thing was never plausible because even if you believed the 131 date, that would have meant that he'd be under New Japan contract during the world. He couldn't work Royal Rumble regardless. Um, I am of the belief. Just based on talking to people from the New Japan side, who, by the way, the New Japan side has not been sweating this thing at all. And I think that's a big indication. We, Rich, we were told direct plans that they have for this man for months and months from now. Um, you know, after Omega start, started, uh, you know, hinting around at possibly leaving the New Japan, he was he's on the poster for the New Japan Cup tour. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything. We've seen guys on show posters before, and then plans change. But he's featured very prominently on the advertisements for the New Japan Cup Tour. New Japan – the point here is New Japan has been working under the assumption that he, that he wasn't going anywhere. And they weren't worried about it at all. And they do have big future plans for him, big plans. And the only question here is was the 131 date a work? Is that Kenny Omega just – look, here's my theory. And this is – I'm not – this is not fact. This is Joe Lanza's theory and I'm pretty sure Rich agrees with this but – you know, if he if he has something to add or something to differ, he'll chime in when I'm done. But my theory is the 131 date was complete bullshit. Um, Kenny Omega was under contract this entire time for the remainder of the year. Or it was a foregone conclusion that he'd be under contract because New Japan made plans around him. And with Kenny Omega knowing that he was not going to be on the next two tours, Fantastic Mania and New Beginning... And with Kenny Omega being such a smart guy and a good worker, a worker in the not in-ring sense, you know, more of the the business sense, he knew with all that buzz coming off Wrestle Kingdom, he didn't want to lose any of that buzz. And you're going to lose all that buzz if you're gone, you know, for two consecutive tours. So what was the best way to keep your name out there, to keep your name on the tips of people's tongues, to float this stuff around? 
He's been at the, look, Rich. We've talked about him on every show we've done. Right, we've let off every show with him. So okay. yeah, he he's he is one. Yeah. So we wouldn't be, you know, that's just a small example. And he's been right. and he's been the biggest, re, you know, wrestling story uh, since Wrestle Kingdom, and that's because he floated this out there. My personal opinion is that this was all a work. I do believe that he was either under contract already, or it was a foregone conclusion that he would be. He told him that he was going to sign. In fact. I'm not convinced that he wasn't already signed and that he's flying and that, you know, he says he's flying to Japan to sign a new contract. Has he ever specified the years or the dates? I don't believe he has. I'm not even saying the guy's lying. I just think he's being a worker and he was keeping his name out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he's extending beyond this year. But again, that's just my personal speculation. He loves it in Japan. He's he's finally getting the top. Look, he came to New Japan to get a top level main event push and now he's getting it. You know, I mean, you say, why would he walk away now? Well, it would make sense for a lot of guys to walk away now, but this is a guy who lives half of his life in Japan. He splits his time between Japan and Canada. He loves Japan. It's different with him. This is not an AJ Styles situation. AJ Styles lives in Atlanta. AJ Styles has a family here. These are all – it's a completely different dynamic. I don't know. It's like we never really bought it, Rich. I don't know. I I, I just – I thought he was working all along. It looks like he is. And uh, I can, uh, but we can say that there's definitely people on the New Japan side who would need to know these sorts of things. Who I mean, Rich, am I? I mean, I'm not overdoing it, right? The reactions from those sorts of people were just comp- totally nonchalant all along. Like, ah, he's not going. Like, they, they... yeah, we, and we had a few too. And, and people can say all you want about, oh, well, it was probably the same. I mean, we got like almost almost right away when this news was kind of buzzing. We got three different people. That I don't know that they talk to one another. You know what I mean? Like it's that, it's one of those things where people automatically assume that if you have a number of sources, that those people talk to each other and that you're just getting the same. And that is the case for some things, but this was cir- not that circular information. Right, exactly. This was not that. These the people that told us, I don't know that they. Well, I don't think there was enough time for them to discuss this. You know what I mean? Like because it was almost instantly where people said, "This is this, this is this, and this is this," and it was like from the beginning, it was like nobody is sweating it. It you know there and and I truly believe that maybe it wasn't set in stone maybe the, the contract hadn't been written it had been signed or whatever but it was a, a, a some sort of agreement that hey we're going to do this thing and it, it's not a problem but I just got to put pen to paper or something like that I don't know if we want to maybe that was it maybe if we want to kind of say that that was part of it partially and Omega was just maybe a little bit kind of seeing hey, is there something else out here I don't believe that though I do believe that that he had some sort of agreement whether it was a verbal one whether it was an actual written one. I don't think at any point he was floating this, and I don't believe that in February he's going to go negotiate a deal because uh, what was also funny, too, is on the rest of that interview, he uses we to mean New Japan. <laughs> so, like, you know, you, you wouldn't... That's not the language you use as somebody who's got one foot out the door. That's a guy who's right. still it ingrained it, with that company. It wouldn't right even now. be the language you would use if he's someone who's going there to negotiate, like he's saying. If, you know what I mean? If you listen to the way he speaks, he's... You know, like you said, the rest of that interview, he was referring to New Japan as we. As if he's already part of it. There were a bunch of little tells with Omega. He did that YouTube interview. I forget where that was from. Some indie show he did or something a couple days ago or whatever it was. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, there's a 30-minute YouTube interview with him. And again, he plays it coy in the beginning. You know, well, I'm, I've decided 75% where I'm going or whatever. But if you listen to the rest of the interview, there's little tells. Like there's this – like Shibata comes up and he – I don't know if he either slipped or – but but he said, yeah, you know, I got something planned with Shibata later in the year. And it's like, well, I mean, then you were never considering leaving that. You know, it's, <laughs> right, yeah. you know even the first Dave and Brian interview where they ask him who he'd like to face. And he goes, 
He named three New Japan guys. He named Ishii. Uh, he named uh, Ishii uh, a, a Tanahashi match because he lost it due to the injury, and uh, Abushi, who, for all intent and purpose, you know, it could. You know, so it's like he didn't rattle off a bunch of WWE names. So there's these little tells when you know, it just to me it was a work all along. I don't know how I would have felt about it if we didn't have, you know, people tell. I mean, when this came up to people that we know on the New Japan side, I mean, Rich, they, it was just blown off like it wasn't even. You know what I mean? It's like just the whole tone of the the way that they responded was like, no, nah, this is just no. We're doing this with Kenny on this date, and then it was just yeah, we're moving forward with the with, and then and then it was moving on to different topics. Like it was like yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it was like, I, this isn't even worth discussing. Like no, nah, it's right, right. garbage. Um, other things that he mentioned as well in the interview, he did say that, um, and this again, like he says he's going to go to in Fedora to negotiate, but then he rattled, you know, the next forty minutes are talking about his future plans in New Japan and and what he wants to do. So I mean, you could you can kind of read into that. Uh, how you may, but he also said that he has a friend who didn't sign with WWE because they wanted to do some stuff together. Hint, hint. I don't know. It's that's too hard to figure uh, out who that I person is. Who so. that is? Yeah, it's not really. It's it's um, it's not Zack Saber Jr. I, I don't think so. But uh, can, just, can we just be again? Again, this is nothing that we know. But Rich, can we just be honest here? Him and Ibushi clearly want to headline a Wrestle Kingdom together, right? I mean, come on. They've been planting these seeds for years. Neither one of them signed with WWE. Uh, this is clearly the direction this is going. I mean, these guys yeah. can't jump. They did. They, they did this thing with DDT. They were together in DDT all those years. They did the tag team thing. Omega comes here. These guys want to headline a Wrestle Kingdom together. They want to be on top. They're buddies. Uh, they may have been more than buddies at some point. Who the hell knows? It's like, but these guys want to rule Japanese wrestling together. I mean, it's 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 obvious. Uh, other stuff that he mentioned as well, uh, what I thought was really important was what he didn't mention. He, I, I don't believe he ever brought up the words Bullet Club at any point, but he did say, you know, I want to do stuff with the Young Bucks, and I want the Elite brand to kind of continue to grow. So I think we all kind of knew that that was the idea, too. And this could play into a little bit of this absence as well and, and why he's off these tours. And when he does come back, it could be that the Bullet Club, and he's not a part of that anymore, that maybe him and young, uh, you know the Young Bucks have broken off or whatever. But I thought it was it was conspicuous by their absence that, that, that he did not mention the Bullet Club at all, but did mention the Elite and the Young Bucks as, as something that he definitely wants to do i said he wants to at least try to work as much you know in america and as much in front of american crowds as he can this year i uh, didn't specify that exactly if it was canadian or uk but he said he did want to wrestle in front of more live you know english-speaking audiences because he feels bad that you know uh, everything that you see of him is you know at 4 a.m or whatever on new japan world so that, that's that's a goal that he has for the next year as well and and you know hint hint he, he probably will be doing that <laughs> maybe in july you know i you know nudge nudge you know possibly it'll be there but uh yeah that, that's some other stuff that he brought up um as well mentioned some things a really cool thing he he did kind of throw in there is he said he he suggested in the japan office that he wanted to face will osprey for his briefcase before he fought he fought okada he wanted to kind of go through some cast members and he 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 flowed the idea of him versus osprey for the briefcase uh at some point which i thought would have been a really great match and he goes on to say you know hey i, I and he's always fought for this as well i don't like the idea that you know juniors can only fight juniors and heavyweights can only fight heavyweights i, I want to break that i don't want that to be the case i want there to be a blend of those two divisions so well, yeah i was kind of interested this, to that and it didn't happen but because this is a guy who hated being pigeonholed as a junior yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see it. I mean, you could see it in his face every time he went out there. And he, I think he went and looked in the camera and mentioned it multiple times as well. He hated just being a junior. And, okay, you're a junior and you face other juniors. It's like, no, nah, I, I can face other guys. Like He was miserable for that year. Yeah. You know, but it was necessary. He had to buy this time. But he was miserable for that year. Um, Anything else on Omega before we move on? Well, yeah, on? there was one other thing that he mentioned. He he mentioned the Noah stuff. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, of course. And... and, and 
something that we were told a few weeks ago that was just, you know, a rumor that was flying around, nothing that was concrete fact, was the idea that after the sale, and we all know that was an ugly situation between Noah and Bushi Road, that Noah still owes New Japan a significant amount of money. Um, I think even Dave reported that, didn't he? In the Observer? Not so- I don't recall, but it's possible. Yeah. But um, the idea being that as a make good, instead of paying the money back, which Noah would probably have trouble doing at the moment, uh, that they would either loan them talent or flat out give them talent or something in that direction. The name that was given to us was Marafuji. Now, he mentioned, when I say he, Omega, he mentioned today to Brian and Dave, you listened, I didn't, but I saw people tweeting about it. Didn't he say something about Noah guys coming over? Uh, yeah, so we were talking about the roster, and he was talking about how many people were, were, were the year. Again, this is another we statement of like, well, you know, we have a, a ton of people coming over, and the, the roster's real big right now because we have, of course, the situation that happened with Noah, uh, brought Suzuki Gun back, and then he kind of maybe a throwaway line, but one that I definitely caught on, and he said, and we will probably be using some other Noah guys in the future as well. Yeah, so that rumor that's been floating around, you know, on the dark web, you know, you know, with Omega flat out saying it, it looks like that might come to fruition and we're not done seeing the Noah people in New Japan just yet. I mean, it screwed up their Wrestle Kingdom booking plans with all the because the, the, the wounds were fresh, I guess. But, um, you know, I think um, th- that that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for New Japan to 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 bring some of those guys back in because the Marafuji thing worked out for them in the second half of the year. Um, you know, it sold out the first G1 show, and then they sold out King of Pro Wrestling with Marafuji on top. So if Marafuji is the guy, I could clearly see why they'd be interested in bringing him back. He was a huge success. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's what's going on with Omega. Um, looks like he's staying. I mean, I, look, my personal opinion, I, I don't think he was ever unsigned. I, I, I think the 131 dates will work. I could be wrong. That's my personal opinion. Um, just me putting the clues together. I, I never believed the 131 date. Um, he might very well be signing a new contract, but it might be something beyond 2017. I, I don't know, but at any rate, it, it it certainly looks like he's staying. If he see, if he leaves now, I think it'll look really bad on him, you know, because he's he, you know, which might be what he wants, you know, if he wants to come in as a mega heel. But why would your common WWE fan care about any of that? They wouldn't care. Yeah, you, the people that would care would be like us. You know what I mean? Like, and and, and if you listen to the interview too, I mean, I, and again, again, it's Kenny, so we could you know he could be working us or whatever. But he seemed pretty genuine for the most part. He, he was kind of very open about different things and and his thoughts on different. I, I I honestly don't think, and I think he understands that that audience that he's talking to is you're not going to gain anything positive by, by screwing them over. Yeah, like, these people are just going to say, well, fuck you, I don't care about you anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to be like, well, I'm going to buy a ticket to watch him get his ass kicked. You know, yeah. Th- these people aren't that way. These The people that you're sort of speaking to when you go on Wrestling Observer and, and you go on it, which he's done, you know, twice in the past, you know, week, is you're talking to the, the quote-unquote smarter fans or whatever, the people that are really interested in what your next step is because they're fans of your work and they're fans of your care all that sort of stuff. They're not going to, you know, if, if you go, aha, screw you, I did sign a WWE they're not going to, you know, they're not, you're not going to be passionate. They're not going to be passionate fans. They're just going to say, well, fuck this guy. What an asshole. Like, why did he do that? Well, that was, and you're losing those people. Like that was the tip off too, that he was coming on with Dave and Brian to make this. And that if he was going to WWE, that'd be on WWE.com. He wouldn't be going to Dave and Brian to announce I'm going to WWE. That was the first tip off right there when they made that announcement last night. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, brilliant job by him. I mean, I, I think he was working everybody. 
I think when it comes to Kenny Omega, personally, I don't think you can believe a word that comes out of his mouth. I think he's always in work mode. I think he's he's a next-level thinker who's always thinking a couple steps ahead. And I think everything he says is carefully planned and has a purpose. And I, I'm starting to think, Joe... I'm starting to think this wrestling thing might be a war. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty <laughs> I, I'm crazy. starting to get this idea. It's, I don't know. It's not all on the up and up, Rich. It's... I yeah, I'm starting to more and more piece this together, and I don't I don't know anymore. I'm really yeah. you know, and it's like and and we forget that. Why do we forget that? Like people seem to. Hey, listen, and we we didn't forget that. <laughs> I know, but it's just hilarious. Where like every few months, it's like, oh my god, Aries. We have to it's remind like, people hey, that this. It's like guys. Like, Naito is a worker. He's a wrestler. I'm tell like, you, what, are... you know what? I have the answer to your question. I know you thought yeah. that was a rhetorical question. But I have the answer to why people – because we're in this, quote, reality era. And there are some guys who kind of, like, don't protect kayfabe anymore and they speak openly and kind of the jig is up and all those things. But a next-level thinker like Kenny Omega, that's why I say you can't really listen because he's the kind of guy who would take advantage of that and zig while everybody else zags. Sure, and, that, and that's what you got to do now. I mean, because that—that's the new. I, I think you coined it uh, last year. The new work, you know, is is being so real yeah. that people buy into the reality, and you're working on stuff. Right. It, it's like, the, yeah, that—that's now the new real the exact, or the new work. Exactly. Yeah. The exact phrase was the new work is the old work. That's all it is. The the new work is doing things like it's 1972. Right. So we're all so smart that we're all so dumb. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like we can be we can be manipulated because we think we we're one step ahead of them, and and no, they're one step ahead of us. Yep. And that's – I think that's that's why – so when it comes to Omega, I don't believe a word – with a guy like Kenny Omega, you can't take his words ever at face value. You kind of have to read between the lines with that guy. It's really always been that way, but now that I think he busted out big after this match, it's like – you know, and he, he's like this a much bigger star coming off that match. I think now that the masses are exposed to him, this is a guy who's always thinking ahead. I think everything he says is calculated, and he's a guy you really need to read between the lines with. So I don't believe anything he says about a contract or anything like that. I don't believe any of it. I just don't. I mean, because I, I really think that his goal is just to work everybody, keep them on his toes, and not in a manipulative, mean-spirited way for, for, to, to keep for business reasons. Yeah, for buzz. To yeah. buzz and, and make people, you know, when when he does come back, it's going to be a huge thing. It's going to be a gigantic thing. And, it all makes something Yeah, and, and, you know, maybe they'll he'll throw some nuggets here and there, and people are going to subscribe to Japan World, and then he's won. You know, there you go. A lot of yeah. – the, the goal is American audiences subscribing to New Japan World. That is, you know, this year in particular, that is going to be the goal of anybody involved with that company, anybody with any sort of pull in that company. The big goal this year, and we're going to see it more and more as it goes on, is get American audiences and get English-speaking audiences to watch New Japan, to follow New Japan, to go to their website, to subscribe to New Japan World, to go to the shows when they come to America. This is the year. They've been slowly building it up, but this is absolutely 100% the year where they're going to do it. And they have a guy now, you know, hypothetically, in Kenny Omega, who's going to be the poster child of that. So And he knew, and he, knew he would be. And and, yeah. that, and the, other, the other big clue was also, I mean, he, he had WWE wrestlers talking about him uh, in WWE videos, and then they all got removed. That's how, that's how well this guy pulled this off. I mean, he had Seth Rollins bringing his name up, among others, in like Royal Rumble hype videos. And WWF scrubbed all that stuff. W, I said WWF. WWE scrubbed all that stuff. We just talked about that last we week. We did. That's yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and it's like if, he, if they thought he was coming, or even if they thought that he might have been coming, Rich, they don't scrub that. I mean, they, they. Or you, if you scrub, what you can do then is, 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 and there's a way to work that again, and you scrub it, but you make it like, 
then it says on WWE.com, oh, there were, you know, note all instances of Kenny Omega, the name, you know, of the wrestler Kenny Omega had been removed from this video. You know what I mean? Like, you do stuff like that. Uh, the new work. You do but, little stuff like that where you, where you kind of mention, oh, well, you know, you don't just delete the videos and never mention see, them. See, here's the again. thing. I think if they were talking to him and they thought they had a chance to get him and they knew they were getting him, they'd just leave it in. Because look at the way they handled the Bullet Club stuff last year. They put an article right, up. WWE.com. Hey, are these are AJ Styles and Carl Anderson and Drew Gallon coming? I don't know. So uh, yes, so I mean yeah. So that's that's the Omega stuff. But look, and I feel like every week we're going to be talking about um, contracts and these you know behind the scenes business maneuverings. But at least Rich, again, no one listens to us. But we tried to warn people that this year was going to get ugly, and we're not even through January. And we talk about this topic nearly every week. But there's more. Wacky contract shenanigans going on across the world, really. Um, we had Triple H today do his, uh, I guess, the quarterly NXT call for the takeovers. The Mike Johnson. Uh, hey, hey, Triple H, Triple H. Hey, how's it going, Mike? Yeah, but I mean. It, always, well, I don't even listen to those anymore. Do you even listen well, to those Well, this one had anymore? a lot. I don't, but I mean. I should have listened. This one was a good one. This one but, had a lot uh, of good yeah. nuggets in it. But, um, you know, we, we saw more. WWE UK talent pulled from the WXW shows coming up. Pete Dunne will not be defending the progress title again. I believe it was supposed to be against Jimmy Havoc, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which, to me, I mean, I, I feel like Havoc would have won that. Because uh, they got to get that title off of Dunne. This will now be two straight progress shows that Dunne will not work. And he is their champion. Um, because we, assume, we don't know the names yet, but we think it's going to be the three British Strong Style guys and Wolfgang. I think that's what Dave reported. Uh, and Andrews, maybe? Andrews, too? I'm not sure. Um, but it was four or five guys who were pulled from all the events globally this weekend who will be in San Antonio. Now, we don't know what they're going to do with them. Rich, I think there's eight Royal Rumble spots open, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I'll have to do the math. We'll, we'll do it a little bit later. But, yeah, it's somewhere around that range. So Yeah, so we don't know if these guys are going to be Royal Rumble participants, which I think, unless you're going to book them super strong, I think it's a mistake. Because um, you're bringing them out to a cold crowd. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think my idea is that they're probably just going to be ringside at the NXT show and they'll cut to them and go, oh my God, that's Tyler Bate. He won the WWE uh, UK championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do that a lot too. They'll fly those guys in to kind of sit there and, and wear a suit and wave to the crowd and, and Corey Graves can kind of be like, oh wow, what are those guys doing here? You know, they could, like that. they could, that's, ta- that's they, what I think. They could do something like that. They could tape matches for NXT, you know, the pre-show matches, which they tape for the next week of NXT. Um, Dark match at, at, at TakeOver, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. different things they could do. We don't know for sure what they're going to do with them. There are open rumble spots, but they're bringing those guys in. But the bigger story here is it's really come to light, which, again, we told everyone weeks ago when this all happened, when Regal was out there telling everybody, oh, they could work where they want. We want to keep these guys working. Uh, you know, this is just a supplement. They could do whatever they want. And, look, it didn't matter what promote remember there was like three promotions specified that they couldn't work and we just totally shat on that we knew that was going to be wherever they wanted them not to work and that's exactly how it's playing out they're yanking these guys from shows worldwide all over the place and uh, apparently the contract verbiage said any show that streamed aired on television recorded for dvd or broadcast (laughs) in any way they have the right to pull them from the show. Yeah, Facebook Live, cell phone video, you know, which recorded message. Like, yeah, so basically don't work. Anymore. That's any it's, show that's not in my backyard. Right, exactly. 2016 or 2017, that is every show. So. Which tells you, I mean, this. these are tw- – listen, these are $20,000 a year exclusive contracts. They are 
WWE owns these guys like they would anyone with a full time deal, like they would anybody with an NXT deal, and uh, you know they'll they'll be able to work the assorted indie here or there. Okay, Pete Dunne worked the Rev Pro show, which I'm shocked they let him do that, but I guess look, a lot of these things are going to come down to is WWE on good terms with you that day? You know what I mean? And they may allow these guys to work some of these shows. Here's what's going to happen, Rich, and here's how it's going to play out. These promoters are going to get tired of having wrestlers pulled from their shows at the last minute. They're going to get tired of being told, okay, this guy can work the show, but it has to be a dark match. They're going to get tired of that, and they're just going to stop booking these guys. And eventually, it's going to cost these guys money. Their bookings are going to dry up, and all they're going to have is that $20,000 a year deal. And if that's the case, I mean, look, I don't feel bad for them for signing it. If that's what the contract said and they signed it, I think they're fools. I really do. But we talked about that a few weeks ago. You know, it's a case-by-case basis. But for the most part, look, if you were a bigger name or middle, I think, I think it's a bad move. But So I don't feel bad for them. And I don't think they're being cheated. I don't think WWE is manipulating these wrestlers or taking advantage of them. You had the contract. You had a chance to read it. And plenty of guys turned it down. So if any of these guys are unhappy or they start whining about, which they won't publicly because that's career suicide. But if any of these guys are unhappy about, the, about these deals that they signed, I don't feel bad for them at all. I think that's tough shit. You saw it. You read it. You had a chance to turn it down. If I'm Pete Dunne, look, I don't know if Pete Dunne's upset with the deal. He did very good in the tournament. He might be happy for all I know, but I'm using him as an example. If Pete Dunne's annoyed about this contract because he's losing bookings, if he's mad about that, I have no sympathy for Pete Dunne because Pete yeah. Dunne could have refused to sign. It could have just turned that down like a bunch of other guys did. And let me tell you something, Rich. We talked about this. Within a year, he'd be in that company anyway if he wanted to be. Exactly. And one of, one of the words that we heard from a lot of people when, when this stuff was going on, when these contracts and people started getting ideas of what was in this contract, the word we heard from a lot of people was naive, that the guys signing this were clouded by the fact that WWE was on the top of that letterhead and yep. going, oh, my God, WWE. And, uh, yeah, okay, I'll sign whatever, and and not reading, not really thinking of the verbiage. The oh yeah, you can you can work wherever you want, except you know these three, and except like these little caveats, and and, and people weren't reading. And again, the, the word we heard was naive. The guys that signed this, largely the ones that shouldn't be signing this, but were anyway, were naive. They weren't really thinking this through. And if you look at some of these guys, you know, I'm not naming names, but a lot of the guys that signed these, particularly the ones that are big deals, are very young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don and Tyler Bate are two examples of guys that, you know, they're young dudes. They probably didn't have a lawyer look at them. They probably didn't really have a chance to vet these and look at these and go, okay, hmm, what does this mean? Or ask, hey, hey, by the way, uh, Paul, what, what does that mean? You know, just to clarify, what does line, you know, 37 mean? They, they didn't do that. And so, a lot of guys did because a lot of guys said, mm, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sign this. Yeah, You'll they, come crawling eventually used, if you want. Used but... the word, we heard the word naive. You know what else we heard? The, the backstage chatter that they were called Mark deals. Yeah, right. and that's, that they saw WWE on the letterhead and went, oh, yeah, okay, and that's, here we go. That's like, from wrestlers. Wrestlers right, right, right. were calling them Mark deals. Think about that. So there were people who didn't think that they were good deals. I can tell you what happened with British Strong Style. Those three guys came together and said, you know what? Let's sign this fucking thing and dominate and stand out. And I, you know, from that angle, I respect them for having guts. That's a gutsy move, Rich. To say, let's go in, some, show some solidarity, we'll go in together, we'll do it together, the three of us, and we'll make sure that we outshine every one of these motherfuckers and end up with real deals. By yeah. the end. And that might happen. 
Yeah, and, and just to be just to clarify as well, I don't know that necessarily. I mean, we, we can't say now at the end of January or whatever that it was a bad idea for any of these guys. Like, of course, we're seeing all these things happen. You know, they're getting dropped from all their bookings, but we they haven't even showed up on WWE television right now. If they come out on and and Pete Dunne's a huge deal at the Royal Rumble, you know what I mean? Like then then it was absolutely a good idea for him. Yeah, I mean, or it was absolutely a good. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen yet with those three guys. If, like if they could be a big fucking deal. They could be on NXT Monday, you know, and and, and kill it. Yeah, and, and I mean, come over on Takeover and and and. Yeah. You know, Tear the house down. Yeah, that could all happen. Yeah, I mean, Vince could have watched that UK tournament and said, I want these guys on Raw. You know, and, yeah, exactly. and, and, they, and for all we know, they've got, you know, it worked out for them. So, but it was a calculated gamble on their part. I think Robin Reed made a good point. He, he uh, one of the hosts of the Brit Rest Roundtable on our podcast network, covers it top to bottom, um, the UK scene. You know, his argument was, it's the mid-level guys who probably shouldn't have signed it. Because... Your muscle cats and your, you know, your guys like that. Look, they got twenty grand guaranteed, and their foot in the door when their foot never would have been in that door. I think I agree that it's a good deal for those guys. I think it's a great deal for those guys, and they're getting booked in the kind of places that aren't going to have television or streaming services. So if I'm muscle cat, I'm signing that too. We we already discussed the British strong style guys, the Mark Andrew types. You can go either way on that. If you gamble on yourself, you sign it. Um, you know, you can see not signing it is gambling on yourself too, though. Not signing it is saying, you know what? I'm going to stand out on my own without this restrictive deal. And they're going to sign me anyway. But Robin Reed's point was it's the mid-level guy like Joseph Connors who gets screwed because he's a guy who a lot of the places he works like, like he, look, he was, uh, the what culture, he was a big deal. With what culture? He can't work there anymore. And he's not a guy. Look, we all assume that the Pete Dunn's and Tyler Bates are eventually going to end up in WWE proper. A guy like Connors, who knows, you know, he could, or he could end up like muscle cat and forgotten in a year. So it's those mid-level guys who, who Reed speculates, uh, might've been all wrong for this sort of thing. But the point is it's going to work out for some of these guys. It's probably not going to work out for more for, – for, for a larger majority of them than the ones that it will work out for. But, Rich, every week we're going to come on this show and talk about guys getting pulled for more bookings. If I'm a promoter, Rich, if you're a promoter, let me phrase it this way, and you're running shows WrestleMania weekend, and you got to advertise these things months in advance to sell tickets, do you even roll the dice and book these guys? Because what, oh, hell no. what happens yeah. if a week out they decide, no, you're not working these because they're on flow? Or they're on whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't roll those dice. I mean, no, I, we saw like, we, we talked about it last week, the IPW UK, you know, they, they promoted Dunn headlining against Matt Riddle and that, or Matt Riddle. And that was the thing that was going to be those two guys as the main event. They promoted it for a while. They had posters out, they had Facebook posts out, they had all this stuff out and then had to say, you know, four, two or three days before the fucking event's going to go on. Ah, yeah. Sorry. Dunn's in a dark match now. Yeah. <laughs> like which that's a big deal that's your main event which and that's had and, and that's, flow slam by the way oh i 100 but but from the ipw uk i mean i i went to their facebook page just kind of check it out and people were understanding but there were a lot of people that were like oh man that really sucks or whatever from the standpoint of a promoter and i'm promoting the show and i'm putting effort into this and i'm i'm paying graphic guys and i'm, I'm publishing posters and i'm doing things go into this it, it, it it's not just a, okay well yeah i'll just rebook this on the fly rebooking you don't want to rebook a show go go talk to a wrestling promoter you know, a few hours before a show, and and there could be a guy that's an hour late to get on his flight, and that guy is, you know, popping, you know, Xanax and going, oh my god, the whole thing's a wreck, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because they're wrestling promoters, and that's what they do. Yeah. 
you know, go talk to any wrestling promoter. Go, go to your local show or whatever and talk to the guy. And there will be some guy that he's got booked for a match, you know, third from the top or whatever. That's it, that they haven't been able to text. He hasn't texted back in three hours. We don't know where he is. Oh, my God, what the hell is going to go on? They, they constantly worry about this stuff. Let alone your main eventer, a guy that you've been building up, is now pulled from your show completely. Or he now he has to work a dark match. Or now he has to work under the confines of this. They don't want to go through that stress. That's way too much stress to go through the week before a show. That's way too much stress to go through a month before a show. You're just not even going to bother and with then, it. And, and let alone long-term planning with any of these guys. Right. And from the fan standpoint, I mean, you and I know we're connected with this. We know a lot of the people that listen to this know that, oh, well, Dunn was pulled because of WWE whatever. There are people that are just going to go, oh, geez, why? Oh, okay. Like, we forget. We live in this bubble, and we think that everybody in this bubble knows everything. The there are people that if, if if you said, oh, wow, Pete Dunne versus Matt Riddle, I, I can't wait to see that, and then you go show up to the show because maybe you're not following them on Facebook or maybe you're not following, and they go, yeah, Dunne's on a dark match, Riddle's versus this guy now. You're going to be pissed because you paid to see Dunne versus Riddle. And you don't know that it's because Dunn signed a, a $20,000, you know, exclusive with a lowercase e contract. With that. You don't know that shit. We know that. You know, listeners here know this. But your, your everyday fan who's bringing his kid to the show, they don't know that. Yeah. And that's not good. Promoters don't want to advertise. And at the last minute, especially on the indie level, you know, WWE can get away with it because they're fine. But in indie level, you don't want to do that. You don't want to say, yeah, this guy's against this guy. Ah, oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, that guy's not here. Yeah, he's not there anymore. You're not going to do it's, it. You're just simply not going to book those and guys. WWE could be telling these, you know, circling back to WrestleMania weekend, you know, progress is going to be there. Rev Pro is going to be there. Plus all the usual suspects, WWN Live, all the high spot groups, Wrestle Pro is going to be, all these different promotions are going to be at WrestleMania weekend. And it's like WWE may be telling these places now, sure, you can book these UK dudes. They can change their mind that weekend. You think WWE gives a fuck? They could... Someone in Flow Sports, and I'm sorry, I apologize for my voice. Is my I've been I've been sick, Rich. Does my voice sound terrible this week? I, uh, it's pretty awful. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty grating. But that's gotta, right. your voice is always voice. very grating, so it's just it's more grating it's than extra usual. Grating. So that, it's extra yeah. grating. <laughs> but it's like you know they could they could get annoyed at Flow Slam, you know, a week before WrestleMania and decide they don't want any of those guys to appear, and they could pull every one of them last second. They could do anything they want. Again, we talked about it last week. Remember, and Dave wrote it again, and he was very, he just kind of threw it in there just to say, read this, by the way, was the thing about All-American Wrestling. You know, hey, give us your tapes. Oh, we're going to feature your guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these guys. Oh, yeah, fuck all you. Yeah, we're putting you all out of business. Bye. Like, you know, like, don't, don't roll over. They're, they're. They're snakes. WWE is snakes. Look at that that quote this week in Ames, what what WWE told uh, told Flow Sports. We want WWN Live on the WWE Network. And if you give them up, we'll be nice to you. Right. <laughs> the exact one that they put was WWE says they will be nice. Whatever that means, which was right. Dave. Uh, which means somebody in a literal quote said WWE said that they will be nice. And Dave went, OK. Right. That, that was <laughs> add, very obvious. I'll add whatever that means to the end of yes. that because I don't know what that means. Dave so. editorialized on the end of it. But it's very right. obvious someone told him that that's actually what they told the sports. <laughs> right. We'll be nice to you. Because remember, a point that I brought up last week in passing that I don't think enough people are talking about, when WWE put money into Flow Sports, they had no idea they were going to roll out, roll out Flow uh, Slam, which might have changed the game for them because that's a direct competitor. And I believe that they were blindsided by the WWN move. So, you know, it's like it, 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 they want to snuff all these places out. They can change on a dime. And I believe some of these WrestleMania shows have already announced Pete Dunne, which I think is insane. I think that's crazy. Because, yes, 
the type of fan that's going to WrestleMania weekend is going to understand the situation and why these guys are pulled if they are. But it doesn't mean they're not going to be unhappy about shelling out $75 for a front row ticket to see these guys, and then they get yanked off the show. You know, it's, it's, if I'm a promoter, my hands are off these guys. There's, there's other people I can book. It's not going to be them. I'll book Zack Sabre Jr. He's not going to get pulled. I'll book Kota Ibushi. You know what I mean? I, I'm, not, I'm not rolling the dice with these guys. I'm not doing it, Rich. Yeah. And I do think it's going to cost a lot of these guys money, and I think Robin Reed made a good point. A guy like Joseph Connors is really going to get screwed here because a lot of these promotions are going to say, well, he's not really worth the trouble. I don't want to deal. I can't. And you're not going to push these guys. No, and we saw that with the the, the IPW again. To mention them, we're, we're I, I'm assuming that WWE fucked around with Connors, and, and they just said, "Well, forget it. We don't even want Connors." Yeah, because Dunn was moved to a dark match, and Connors was just taken off. Like, yeah, go away. Get the fuck out of here, then. We have nothing for you. Get the hell out of here. I'm saying some of these guys are going <laughs> to lose bookings because if I'm a promoter, and then even if I book Connors, I'm not pushing him. No, God, no, and you can't push any of those guys, and, and that's. That's going to be a huge issue as well because a few of these guys, like a Don, you mentioned it, the progress champion of these guys, you're not going to push these guys because you all they can come if, if maybe you get lucky and WWE says, yeah, you know they can work this weekend. Then you put them in a little match and have them a little fun, but you cannot revolve anything around them. You can't put titles on them. You can't put storylines in them because you don't know if they're going to show up. You don't know if WWE is going to say, oh yeah, you were going to do a big blow off match. Yeah, now we want to we want them to come in and, and go to an arm drag class, at, you know, in Florida. So sorry, or, no, or to, or to uh, we, wear a suit and sit in the front row. Exactly. Yeah, we wanted it's, to wave to the crowd when we cut to them at, at the takeover show. So, yeah, sorry. No, I know you wanted to have a big match and you built it up for a year, but nah, we're, we're going to use them this weekend. Sorry. Like, and that's the thing that we mentioned as well, and we've mentioned this weeks and weeks and weeks ago, is that they, you know WWE can say that, oh, well, no, you you can work this and you can work that or whatever. And and I think we point blank said this that there's going to be little things that they're going to bring these guys in for, and this just so happens to be Rumble weekend, so everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's a big deal. There's going to be little shit and things that they're going to bring these guys in for all the time, just as a way to say we don't want you to work for this company because we don't like this company. We want you. To they're going to have you. We want you. He's done coming for a pre-tape. Yeah. Hey, you know, Pete, we're going to take some promo photos. You want to come to Florida? Oh, perfect, thanks. Or uh, Pete, hey, you know, this weekend, what are you doing? Ah, no, why don't you come over here? We got something to do for you here. Uh, we'll want you to work at a Largo Loop or for whatever for we us. Want, you know? We want you guys to sit at a table at Access and sign autographs for three hours. And boom, you're off the progress show. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of thing that can happen. And don't think that it, that it can. It can absolutely happen at the drop of a dime. Especially, and, and it could be just to screw one of these other streaming services. Because that, they, they're all about that. And again, Rich, I don't know where you stand. Because I haven't heard your opinion on this. I don't even blame WWE for drawing up these contracts this way and offering them. I believe in the free market. You read the fucking thing and you decide if it's, if, if it's the right contract for you. I don't blame them. If they can get these guys for pennies on the dollar and they can get them and these guys are going to sign it, that, I don't put that I – I, I don't think WWE is in the wrong here. And I don't think the wrestlers who chose to sign it, if they thought it was a great decision, fine. I just don't want to hear belly aching from them because I won't feel sorry for them. And I don't think it's, it was a bad decision for the ones who didn't. It, it was an individual decision, and I believe in the free market. I have no problem with the contracts. What I have a problem with is fans now, you know, like WWE is this monster. Look, it, that was in the language. What, they, they have every right to exercise this and pull these guys from these shows. So, I think it's shitty business, but it, it's business. Right. Like, I think, uh, like, I, I think most business is shitty, but I accept it. And I accept that that's a reality. Like, well, here's the, would I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't do that if I was running a no, business, but, but that's how they run their but business. But here's the thing. And, and I can't. But here's yeah. the thing. You think it's shitty business. And that's fine for you to think that. That's why you wouldn't have signed it. You know what I mean? It's like right. they had a choice here. And it's not like – and that, 
that's circling back. I mean, it's like some of these guys would have made it anyway. You know, the guys that looked at this contract and laughed it off, I mean, that, that if everyone would have done that, then you're stopping the big corporate conglomerate from doing shitty. But they'd have to come back to the table with a better offer. But you know what, Rich? 18 or 19 guys or whatever took it. So what do you want them to do? I mean, I don't, I don't begrudge them. And I really don't – and even if I think it was a poor decision, I don't really begrudge people for signing it if they thought that was best for them. I definitely don't begrudge the people who blew it off. So this is where we are now. So if they think they can go all over the world and offer people $20,000, I mean, you know, I don't know if this will work in other parts of the world. Who knows? It worked well enough for them here. Um, they didn't get everybody though. So, you know, there is some hope. Not everybody signed the Mark deal, which is what the wrestlers called it. Not a, yeah, that's not, you know, that's what, you know, so some people saw through it. Some people saw it like you did as shitty business. Uh, just to mention, uh, again, uh, Trent Seven, Dunn, and Tyler Bate, they were scheduled to do a podcast uh, before the 128 WXW show in London, uh, Working at Wrestle, which is the podcast. Uh, they were pulled from that. Um, and they were also pulled from WXW, which uh, uh, Pete Dunn was supposed to be in, the uh, the 16-karat gold tournament, uh, or he was in a qualifying match. And I think Tyler Bate was supposed to be in the tournament as well, and he'd been, he's been pulled. So either way, they've all been pulled. Uh, again, they won't be at WXW. They won't be in the 16-karat gold tournament. So, again, this is another situation where – and it was kind of funny because a lot of people were digging up old tweets of, you know, Tyler Bate has been announced for the WXW show. And everyone going, oh, awesome, awesome. And then, you know, fans then going, oh, you, you know what I mean? And, like, that, you don't want that. As a promotion, and, again, it's kind of circling back. For WXW, that, that, the optics of, oh, damn it, okay, well, I guess he's not going to be on the tournament. Like, that's not good. You don't want that. You don't want to have a shiny little graphic and go, oh, my God, Pete Dunne's going to be here. Oh, my God, Tyler Bates going to be in this tournament. Here, uh, yeah, and then, you know, then they're not. And then it's, all you get is tweets going, oh, man, oh, shucks, ah, damn it. You know, like, that's not good. You, that, that's not wrestling promoter. You don't want that. That's not the reaction you're going for. One of Triple H comments today was was odd. He said that, um, you know, he, he, he said we want these guys to work wherever they can just as long as it's not a promotion that distributes their content, which right off the bat <laughs> – like we talked as about. As long as nobody sees it, I don't care. Yeah. And then he said, you know, because, you know. As long as they don't distribute their content. Yeah, what? because he said, and he said two things that were interesting. <laughs> said, Why would you do that? Like, hey, you know, actually, you know, it's funny. Joe and I, uh, Tyler Bates going to be on this podcast. Uh, after we're recording, we're doing an interview with Tyler Bates. We're just not going to release it. So yeah, well, it's going to be great, yeah, though. I mean, it's, it does nothing. To <laughs> but it just, there's nowhere to work. At. Like, where are you going to work? I mean, there's everyone to shoot. Chile. He can go to that, that tour with Chile with Kenny Omega in Chile. So, but the other the, the other thing he said that I thought was interesting is uh, he said because we want these guys to be full time wrestlers. We want them to work, you know, every night. We want them to learn, and we want them to work in places that will help them, that will cultivate their talents and help them grow as performers. We don't just want them to work in places that are just going to book them to book them, which may have been a shot at somebody. I don't know at who. Um, people have speculated Rev Pro, but but Trent Seven and Pete Dunn were allowed to work the Rev Pro show last week. I mean, they both lost. Which I mean, if I'm running Rev Pro, they're never winning another match. I mean, why would you ever push these guys? But I mean, the idea that when he said I want them to be full time wrestlers, then why don't you fucking offer them full time deals and remove these middlemen? You know what I mean? It's like you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth now. Well, I think the idea is that he he's kind of implicating that at some point these guys are probably just going to go to Florida and probably work full time for part time. I see. I don't think that's what he was saying because uh, that's how I read. Did, it. I read it as he that, said 
we want them to work in places that are going to cultivate their talent, not places that are just going to book them. And we want them to be full-time wrestlers. Yeah, I think he means NXT loops. I don't know. It was in response to a question about them not being able to work other places. It's like he's talking out of the uh, sides of his mouth. Well, yeah, I, I think the implication there, at least how I read it, is at some point these guys are going to be sick of not working or sick of this and maybe just come to Florida or whatever, or come in and, and do stuff with us. Maybe, as much maybe as can, but it, it sure sounds to me like he was saying the same thing Regal was saying. Uh, the week, you know, when they when they announced plans for this and Regal was saying, yeah, you know, we're not going to restrict these guys. It's only a, a few different places they can't work. We want to make sure that they're working pro wrestlers. We want to make sure that they're still hitting the grind and all that double talk that Regal was doing, which, again, we called him out for. And we said, look, I'm sure William Regal's a nice guy, but he's this is company speak. We tried to tell everybody that uh, the, the week that we broke that down. And, that, you know, and now Triple H is saying the same thing. My whole thing is this goes back to you saying it's bad business. If you want these guys to be full-time wrestlers, then fucking sign them the proper full-time contracts and put them on the Largo. Put them on the fucking Largo loop and make sure that they're working every night. But, again, like you're saying, it's just sleazy business. If you can get them for 20000 and then control their fucking lives like with puppet mm-hmm. strings, why not? You, you know, they let the company – this is why I don't want – listen, I don't want to hear it from the wrestlers. You're never going to hear it in public. But I don't want to hear anything on the fucking dark web from these wrestlers complaining about these things. You fucking signed it, and you knew what it was. So I don't want to hear it. But who knows? Look, I'm sure some of them are happy with it. But, you know, I'm sure others are grumbling to themselves at this point as they lose money, as they get yanked from Germany this weekend, as Joseph Connors gets yanked from IPW and what culture. Is WWE reimbursing those booking fees? I don't think – I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to go on a limb and say no. Exactly. I mean, are they they getting paid for for these three days in Germany that they would have had by WWE? No. no, they're getting their twenty thousand dollar a year stipend to be to be you know uh, at, at WWE's beck and call. So I, I don't know. For whenever they decide to have their TV show get going. Yeah, so that's... yeah, yeah. Which again, Triple H today said, "Look, we'd like to do one, but we don't know. <laughs> we'd like to." So it's like now you're just waiting around, and now they're going to have promoter. Like, why would if I'm WXW, why would I ever book these guys again? No, you're you're not. You're just not going to. So this is going to end up costing these guys money short term. Because the reason you book these guys and the reason, like, you pay these guys any amount of money is so that you can promote them and that people buy tickets for them. If you can't guarantee that people that buy tickets are going to see those guys, they're not worth the money, they're not worth the trouble, and they're not worth the effort to try to book. So there we go. <laughs> you know, we've reached the point now. And progress, they got to get the title off that fucking guy. I, when are they gonna... <laughs> he just can't show up. Yeah, they're it's gonna unbelievable. Have to strip him, yeah. You know, it's, it's... They're going to have to have a tournament in Rio de Janeiro and just uh, just do it. Just give somebody else the title. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, we got fucking, you know, Mr. Punk Rock, Jim Spallman, sitting there in a suit and tie waving at the NXT cameras. Okay. Uh, you know, meanwhile, he can't get the title off his champion now. I mean, you know, so it's like, what do you do? Do you play nice with these people and let them walk all over you? Or do you not play nice with them and have them come in with a bulldozer? It's like you don't. There's no good choice here, Rich, because they either just bulldoze you like ITV and 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 uh, what culture, or you play nice with them and they fuck you over anyway. And they're st- which, uh, by the way, CC uh, Kadani on this entire conversation that we just had. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> yeah. Kadani, Kadani, stay stay across. We know what path he's taken. Right. He's, he's choosing the bulldozer. He wants to. To run bulldozer. into the bulldozer, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna. He put wants his to bring, yes, exactly. He wants to like he's tied himself around a tree, yes. and he's trying to say, "All right, please, I dare you to try to bulldoze." They have their yeah. industrial-sized bulldozer, and he's driving headfirst into it with like his jeep. That's yeah. that's his plan. But um, 
And honestly, I might take that tact. I don't know if I'm getting in bed with these guys because they, at the end of the day, they fuck you over. Oh, I agree. Yeah. They kill you slowly, you know? So my whole thing would be just kind of – my thing would be to fly under the radar and stay out of their fucking way. I mean, that'd be my the way I would handle these. I would just – I don't want them to know I exist. I'm not going to create it. They come into my neck of the woods. I'm going to just lay low. I'm not going to, you know – and my whole thing as a promoter, const- look, constantly create new stars. That's going to be the key here. Constantly push new people. Constantly create new stars. Because until WWE gets off of this kick of plucking everybody worldwide and just hoarding all of the wrestlers, and they may never get off that kick, but this is a company that goes on kicks, Rich. We all know that. They, 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 they decide for a year or six months or three years that this is what they're going to do, and then they get off of that and do something else. Right now, they're plucking everybody's stars. I just my, – my big key as a promoter would be constantly to create new stars and never stop that. And you should really always be doing that anyway, but you really can't rest anymore. You know, you really can't make a year's worth of plans for, you know, Mustafa Ali or whoever, because if he's, if he, you know, he's going to catch their attention, he's going to be gone. Uh, let's talk about some other, uh, then we'll get to the previews uh, for the weekend. But let's talk about uh, another, you know, contract situation or guys moving on. Uh, big news out of the weekend was that Pentagon Jr. Daga Garza Jr. And is that the only, or was there another guy that also? There's those three. It was those three. Well, Phoenix was was months ago where he kind of uh, <laughs> left AAA, and now Pentagon Junior, uh, Daga, and Garza Junior uh, showed up at the Crash promotion, uh, the Crash promotion in Tijuana, uh, which is a Conan booked company, and indicated they were leaving AAA. Uh, Pentagon Junior has a new name. I assume those other guys will as well. Uh, but no, yeah, the, so, the other the other two. Oh, they own their name then. They right? own their they names. Own, they, okay, Pentagon does not own, so he's Pentagon's a AAA copyright, so he changed his name already. To something I can't pronounce because we can't pronounce anything over here. Um, but yeah, so and that means you know, with Luch, obviously he's walking out on Lucha Underground too. Which, right. Um, Good guy. <laughs> yeah. What a what a run that he had there. It was wow. I mean, they totally blew it with that guy. That's, that's um, having a, a a bag full of money and throwing it in the toilet and just flushing it. Yeah. And it not being able to go away and you're just continuing to try to flush it down the toilet. And it just stays there and stays there and says, no, 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 you should use me. And ah, no, 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 no. You know, you know what it was? It was for forget these giant stacks of money. Let's <laughs> let's set those on fire in the backyard. And instead, let's invest in Bitcoin, a.k.a. Sexy Star. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sexy Star the, the turd, is Bitcoin. The turd that's also floating around the toilet. You instead pick that up and decide to play, you know. Right, and the irony. Bring that to the bank and see what happens there. And the irony is your shitty Bitcoin investment also wanted to quit your promotion and go box. <laughs> right. that's the other thing, too. It's like Lucha Underground looks so bad. And, you know, they had so much buzz when they started off, and, and they were doing great, and they were actually picking up viewers, you know, as much as they could on the, the shitty network they're on. And, um, you know, and, and we cut them a break for not pushing Pen- – look, they didn't know how people were going to react to the shows. They were taped shows. But then by season two when it became obvious that Pentagon Jr. was your breakout star, what the fuck are you doing not pushing that guy over anybody? I don't care who. Alberto Del Rio, forget sexy star. That's a joke. Everyone knew she stunk, and you're going nowhere with her, okay? The hardcore Lucha fans warned everybody about sexy star before the show even started. They were to if you talk to anyone, Cubs fan, Rob Viper, you name it, they all said, Oh, why is she even here? Let alone building around her. She stinks. Okay? So forget sexy star. Whether it's Alberto Del Rio, Rey Mysterio Jr., I would have pushed Pentagon over. He would have beat all those guys. 
the first chance I got, he would have beat those guys. That was your hot guy. That was the ticket. I would have rode that wave, and I would have taken Pentagon Jr. as far as he was going to take me. And Rich, I'm not saying it would have meant that Lucha Underground would have exploded in some big way or whatnot, but that was the shot that needed to be fired, and they fucked it up, and they went with Sexy Star instead. It was a massive error in judgment, and, and I can't give them a break for anything beyond season one because by then they knew. That was the guy who caught fire in season one. Right, and we, we all agreed, and we gave them a, a ton of leeway on that season one because it was like, it's taped, you know, we don't know, they didn't know that people were going to take to Pentagon as much as they did, and, and, and but there is no excuse for, for what's happened since then to still not understand what you have you know what they in did? some of the guys. You know what they did? It, it, they, got, they got wrapped up in intergender, and they thought it was a bigger deal than it actually was. Rich, did Kimberly and... The, the the two Japanese female teams facing off in King of Tr- did that do anything for Chikara this year? Has Chikara gained any buzz from pushing their female champion in, in intergender matches or anything? No. It did nothing for Chikara. The intergender thing had 15 minutes in like 2014 where it was a hot button topic. And even then we kind of knew it was sort of a niche topic among a super niche group of fans. And I'm not even going down the, the Saudi Arabian road right now. I'm not even talking about that. We all know that, that, that there's that seedy element to it, but that's not even what I'm referring to. I'm referring to, you know, intergender was, I don't even want to call it hot. I want to call it maybe, it was lukewarm for about 15 minutes. And I think the Lucha Underground people got all wrapped up in that and thought that this was the, the, the big new thing in wrestling, and it's not. Rich, how many intergender matches popped up in our poll? Uh, exactly zero. Zero. Intergender is not a thing. Right, the only Kimberly match and, and the only Chikar match. Uh, there was two Chikar matches. It was the uh, uh, the King of Trios one uh, with the Joshi team, and then the other Chikar match was Heidi Lovelace versus uh, Kimberly. Two matches where women faced each other. No intergender. I mean, intergender just didn't happen the way people thought it was going to happen. It went away. It lasted 15 minutes. What, what the most ironic thing again that you're talking about with, with the Pentagon and the making money and all that sort of thing is is in Chicago. AEW realized, hey, this Pentagon Phoenix thing is a pretty big deal. Let's let's get these guys to come to as many shows as we can. And by the way, they completely de- you know destroyed all their other business. You know, d- did incredibly well. Moved to a new venue. They're now you know touring across the Chicago area. Now they're they've got another satellite company. And 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 most of that really you can attribute to Pentagon Junior. Because I went to that first show when Pentagon was there. And that place, they they uh, the hanging from the rafters, you know, motif that that the Gorilla Monsoon used to say. It was literally that they had to carve out a different part of this room just to fit the amount of people. It was stunning to see in one night what Pentagon Junior did, and they kept booking them and kept booking them, and they they never went down. It never it never wore off. People went, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. You created new fans, people that got into him because you know got into AEW because of Pentagon Junior went. There. But like the crowd was awesome, the merchandise was awesome. They they grew their business. They moved up from just Chicago indie to one of the bigger indies in the country based off of Pentagon Jr. There's no there's no question that Pentagon Jr. was one of the top indie draws in North America in 2016. There's no question. Guy was red hot. He did more for these indies than he did for Lucha Underground. And that's what I mean. Like, so that's the thing where, where people can say, ah, oh, whatever. How do you know? We know. We saw it with our own eyes. I was there live multiple times to see with my own eyes that Pentagon Junior equals money. <laughs> so it's, do something it's, with them. No, they look. They, Rich, they got addicted to the idea that intergender was going to be the next thing. That's what happened to Lucha Underground. It just didn't happen. Chikara has never had less buzz. I mean, it, you know, it didn't work for them. 
it's it's just and and look, remember like two thousand four, all these indies were doing all these intergender matches. No one even does them anymore. No one even tries it anymore. It just did. It it didn't do. It it didn't work. Everyone thought that was going to happen. It didn't happen. People aren't ready for that. I, maybe one day intergender will be a big thing. I have no idea. Right now, it's not. It's clearly not the right time for it. And I think that's where Lucha Underground went wrong. Anyway, now Pentagon Jr. is out there, and he's free to be booked. The problem is he can't really go anywhere with these shady Lucha Underground contracts because we don't know how long he's under. Is he under contract for seven seasons? Is he under contract for five seasons? Nobody knows. And until these seasons air, he can't sign with a WWE or a TNA or anything like that because he, now he's just got to wait out the contract. So it's kind of risky on his part. He's burning a bridge with AAA in Mexico, and I don't know enough about the landscape to know if he can do well enough on his own with these um, crash and, and whatever other promotions he could work for down there. But I, I suspect that he can't stay as hot as he's been in the United States on the NDC because once he comes to your promotion a couple of times – you know, the, the thrill is sort of – no one stays red hot forever. Uh, so I, I don't know if this – but look, a lot we, – we, there were mumblings that a lot of the wrestlers were getting frustrated with these Lucha Underground contracts. And this is sort of the first salvo being fired back at them with this guy just saying, you know what? Fuck off. I'm leaving. I'm walking yeah, off. Right. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm going to do my own thing. There's certain places I can't go, but I'm going to call my own shots. And I think he's – and look, with, with WWE plucking everybody away – I mean, this could be good timing for him because he's one of these guys where you can you don't have to be afraid to book this guy if you're an indie. So I this is one of the guys that I'd build around him or Zack Saber Jr. or or some of these other guys. These are guys where you don't have to have any fear. You can push. These yeah, guys. that's a great point because because we're going to talk about a, 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 an indie show coming up uh, in Royal Rumble weekend and one that really is going to be ravaged by you know another guy another big name leaving and and, and moving elsewhere. And you look at we, we talked about it a few weeks ago where the indies are they're not healthy right now it's just not guys there's just not the the horses to go right now and, and that'll, that'll come in time it'll get there eventually but yeah here's a new guy that has just now burst on your scene again that that if you're if you want to book a guy that people are going to go watch and, and people see and, and and you can have confidence i mean aw had the confidence to run in i mean he you know was their champion <laughs> they did stuff with so there there's you know he's a guy that you can do stuff with and people are going to draw and people are going to buy merchandise and people are going to go see him uh for a while the, the key is you got to do some stuff with him but he's such a engaging and we talked about this months ago that watching Pentagon Jr. Live is an experience man he just there's something about that guy the charisma the music the look just something about him he just attracts something he's just got it that 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 it factor that's so hard to define so he's a guy that if any indie out there is looking to really make another stop, I mean, he's a guy that I would absolutely go out and, and do whatever you can to get. Yeah, because he's an name. I mean, and he's gonna he's gonna draw people to your crowd. Yeah, or he, to your show. He's not a great wrestler. I don't. I never thought he was a great wrestler. He's no, no, he's really not. But you don't care. I it, being there live and watching him, you do not. There's care. There's a vibe it about him. Exactly. Yeah. The the match itself. The, but you still care about the match, and yeah. that's the thing. It's not all just you know, well, work rate. No, this loss. Like he's the guy who, when the match is over with him, I say, ah, oh, that wasn't a great match, but man, I fucking love it. You know what I mean? Satisfied like, after you watch it. Exactly. You love. He has it. Yeah. an aura that a lot of guys just don't have. There's a dangerous aura about him. He has a great look, and he's not an awful wrestler. He's good enough, and and he just he he works a certain style. He. You feel like he's holding back, too, because in his previous personas, he was more of a high flyer. He did some different things, but now he knows he can get away with just being a guy who, you know, is portrays this character that he's just super dangerous and he'll kick the shit out of you. So, yeah, he's not a great wrestler, but there is an aura about him. There's a special kind of charisma to him. But, um, 
but yeah, so, you know, even more contract stuff now. We, we always neglect to talk about Lucha Underground, but I mean, that directly affects guys like Ricochet and people like that too, where it's almost like, you know, the, look again, they signed them, but who knew how long it was going to take to get to season five or season six? Yeah, that's, and, and that's, I, I kind of hinted towards that a few weeks ago as well, that there's probably going to be more people there and they go, okay, guys, what are we doing here? Like, you know, I don't know if there's anything legally you can do, but I wonder if there's something we can say, okay, if you guys don't have, you know, a season, if you're going to say, ah, you know, maybe January, maybe they're like, at some point they're going to have to shit or get off the pot one way or another and decide, okay, what are we doing with, with these guys? And, and these guys are going to maybe have to figure out something. And we, I think we saw a few of these guys said, I know way, I'm just going to quit the AAA. I don't know how it's going to work for a Ricochet and those sort of guys, the guys that are, you know, the Americans signed to it. But I can't imagine – I imagine at some point they're going to start getting some rumblings going there too and figuring out some way, something that they can do to say, okay, if you're not going to have a season come out for another year, then there there has to be something here. There's got to be a buyout. you got to be able to do something because these guys are you – you can't hold me hostage necessarily. And again – Just because I'm signing a contract. Maybe so. a good deal for some – like someone like Joey Ryan, that's a great deal. You know, uh, you know, guaranteed money for however long. Oh, yeah, he's fine. Because he's not a guy that's going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? He's an indie, he's, he's a top-level indie guy who's going to work all these indies in between his Lucha Underground shots. And he probably knows deep down he's he's got, you know, no realistic shot at WWE at this point in his career. Or, and, and so, so I mean, but for guys like Pentagon Jr. and Ricochet, who there's, you know, chances at upward mobility – you know, it turns out that these ended up being shitty deals for guys like that. And the same thing is going to shake out with the UK deals. It's going to turn out to be good deals for your muscle cats and bad deals for some other people. All right. You want to talk about uh, Road Rumble Weekend? Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, – do you want to go chronological or, or importance? What, what, what order do you want to go here? Because we got a, a few different ways we can go. Uh, let's start at the top with the Royal Rumble, Rich, and the Royal Rumble – let's start at the top with the Royal Rumble event and the Royal Rumble match since, you know oh, – I thought you were talking about River City Wrestling, but okay. All hey, right. we'll get to River City Wrestling. Okay. All right. I want to. I can, so, I, uh, yes, I can, the, I can the Royal Rumble match. Uh, Joe, the Royal Rumble match is happening at the Royal Rumble event, and the Royal Rumble match will have 30 men. Uh, competing for a championship opportunity at WrestleMania 33 if that man who wins the Royal Rumble match wins the Royal Rumble match. Okay? Make sense? Complete sense because I've been listening to Michael Cole for the last 10 years. Oh, my God. It was killing me. Like, I, I, it's always been bad. It's always been bad. But for whatever reason, this past week, I don't know why. It just, like, maybe it's Corey Graves also saying it. Like, because before you would always have Michael Cole who would always kind of say it. And the other guys would sort of. But, like. This was just like an echo chamber of like those three guys just going row row match row row match row row match row row match and then Sami Zayn being like I want to be in the row row match and Mick Foley being like well if you want to be in the row row match I, I couldn't take it Monday why did it I was going nuts I was like stop why did they why did they think we're so stupid yeah I know what you mean I know you mean the royal the the thirty man Royal Rumble thing I know you don't mean the event oh, Jesus Christ we're not dumb why did they think we're so fucking stupid I I it's it's amazing to me it's. <laughs> It's it's just one of those doctrines where he it, they're obviously forced to say this because they think we're all really fucking stupid. Yeah, and it was every time too. I get it if you want to maybe sometimes and like I, I watched I think the 2011 Royal Rumble match <laughs> and and Cole he said it a few times but he also just said Royal Rumble sometimes too. Matt Striker only said Royal Rumble and Jerry Lawler only said Royal so Rumble. So when did this start? I, I, I think it's been for a while, Michael Cole, but this I, – I, I swear to God, and I, don't, I have no math to back this up, but I feel like this year it has been so much worse than ever before. Because you can hear it. They, they mention it in the other ones. But for whatever reason, this year was just like – and it just – it clicked with me this year, and I said, God, stop. Stop saying Royal Rumble, man. Yeah. 
I get it. <laughs> like, I know what you mean. Oh, my God, it was the worst. I think maybe it's because Corey Graves, too, because I respect Corey Graves, and I know he's a good announcer, so having to hear him say Royal Rumble match, I kind of was just like, ah, damn it, because, you know, Vince just screaming in his ear, Royal Rumble match. You got to tell them what it is. They don't know. I know. We're all stupid. Fucking idiots. Every one of us, we're all stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about the Royal Rumble event taking place Sunday, of course. Um... We got two pre-show matches here. We have a uh, WWE Raw Tag Team Championship match. There'll be two referees assigned to this match, Joe. Make sure there's no shenanigans. It's Cesaro and Sheamus defending their titles against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. You know, that's something to talk about, too. Doesn't this pre-show start two hours before the show? I'm not watching any of that shit. Sorry. Like, I'm, I'm really not. I mean, this is like... I got people coming over. I'm not going to tell them to come over at 4. You know what I mean? This, like, I don't want them in my house for six hours. what, like 10 o'clock at right. night? Yeah, I don't want them in my house for six hours. Like, get the hell out of Remember, here. I can't feed you for six hours. Remember so. we talked about this uh, maybe a year ago or several months ago where they're slowly but surely, they have no more room to grow WrestleMania. You know, and it's like, so they're turning SummerSlam weekend into a mini WrestleMania weekend. And they're now they're starting to do a Royal Rumble. They're turning Royal Rumble into a WrestleMania weekend. And you're, I think they're slowly going to start doing it for their other events, too. And I think eventually we're going to have these scenarios where you're going to have these long pre-shows and NXT shows. It's Because where else can they grow, Rich? It's like they either have to keep adding more events or making the current events they have bigger. And, and, and here's another example of it. I don't ever recall the Royal Rumble having a two-hour pre-show. And prior to last year, it never had a takeover, right? Didn't that start last year? Yeah, did this yeah. even have a takeover last year? Oh, no, it didn't. No, I don't believe it did. did. So, did didn't they start that gimmick with um, how many SummerSlams have had it? No, because two SummerSlams have had a takeover. But did the I don't know if that's true, is it? But, yeah, the first take, the first SummerSlam takeover was um, wasn't last year's. It was the year before. Let's see. There were, there, were two, there were two takeovers in Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, there was Brooklyn. Well, let, let's see here. Yeah, Brooklyn won. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's Brooklyn won. Um, yeah, there, so so what you had last year, August 22nd, Brooklyn NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Then you had Respect, which is at Full Sail. Uh, TakeOver London, of course. Uh, TakeOver Dallas. So, yeah, they're, they're right in between there. Yeah, TakeOver London, but then nothing until April. So there was no January TakeOver. So there you so, go. Yeah, I correct. mean, yeah. so this year, as you can see, they're turning the Royal Rumble weekend into another – they're following the same path as SummerSlam and making it into a third enormous weekend. And if that's going to generate, you know, they'll find a way to do a fourth one. You know, maybe they turn Survivor Series weekend or whatever the whatever event they choose. They're just going to keep expanding on these things, you know. And it's it's they have their own network. And Rich, we talked about this last week a little. They're starting to realize they have their own network and that they can program shit on their own network, on their own live feed. So nothing is stopping them from doing a two-hour pre-show. And eventually, someone's going to stand up in a meeting. And they're going to say, there's nothing stopping us from doing a four-hour pre-show. And there's nothing stopping us from doing, you know, tacking on an NXT show to, to SummerSlam. It's a Survivor Series. Yeah, do it Super Bowl style where you wake up at 9 a.m. and you already got guys previewing the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> why not? I yeah, because there's nothing stopping them from doing it. And I think they're finally realizing the power of their network. They have their own network. They can do whatever they want. And they certainly have a deep enough roster to – I mean, they've got, what, 250 wrestlers on their co- – if you count – all of the NXT people that'll never see a ring, they probably have over 200 people under contract, right? I mean, I would think. I mean, that doesn't even. Yeah, I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think that's that unrealistic. That I mean, really, high I, mean, number. I mean, the main roster is is huge. If you actually went down and looked at it, I mean, that is gigantic. There's probably too, close so. to 100 people on the main roster because there's probably about 50 people on each roster, right? When you account for the people who never get on TV, like your. I think so. Yeah. Right. Maybe give or take, maybe a little less, maybe 40 on each, and then. 
you have your, uh, you, your, your whole NXT roster of people who work TV. You have your NXT roster of your people who work on the road in Florida who aren't quite on TV yet. And then you have all of those people in NXT that are just still training and hardly ever work matches. And then you have your UK guys. You have 20 of those guys. And I, they probably have about 200 people on the roster, maybe a little more. So they certainly have roster depth to just run things. Yeah, you, you always forget that NXT has like your Angelo Dawkins and your Steve Cutlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, Steve Cutler came on NXT TV the other day and I was just like, he is still there. Steve Cutler. Like, and I, I love to Corey Graves, like a hot new prospect, Steve Cutler. And I was like, that guy's been on TV since 2013. Steve Cutler. Like, and, they've got, let's, let's... and they've got people below that level who never even get to TV. Right. Exactly. And it's yeah, like... your, Bing, your Bing Wongs or whatever. What's the, uh, yeah, that's there's right. that guy. He's there too. Yeah, Ben Wang. Your yeah. five or six, your four or five. Turns. What happened to that jacked up German goaltender dude? Is that guy yeah, he's around? Gone. He's gone. Oh, he was dating Nia Jax, wasn't he? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That sh- they should have babies. I don't know. Great. I don't know if it was him. Can you imagine? One of those soccer players that they signed was dating Nia Jax. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know anything. I, again, people are going to correct us. I don't care. Someone, but people someone are going to correct. Yeah. It was either the German guy or a different one, but. You know the German, the jacked up German goaltender I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I th- okay. Yeah, I forgot his name, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. But uh... but I mean, yeah. They, they, I, look, every every few months they take a big picture of like 40 people that they saw. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and if and if you follow, uh, you know, the bad boy Casey there, Casey Michaels, he tells you they're signing people left to right, all, random women all the time. I mean, they they, they got a loaded roster. But yeah, so these weekends are just going to keep on growing, keep on expanding. I expect SummerSlam weekend to continue to grow. Royal Rumble weekend, we've seen big growth this year. So, yeah, this thing starts at, like, for, you know, we're Central Time. What, 4 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, geez, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, if you live in California, you're watching Royal Rumble already. I mean, this is, this is it, it's crazy. But, yeah, so, uh, Seamus and Cesaro versus... Uh, Versus the club, Rich. Um, two referees. <laughs> How excited are you? you can't let this that. get out of hand. Look, I think Samus and Cesaro are, are, are an excellent tag team. Um, they've sort of cooled it on the on the really overdoing it on the idea that they can't get along. There's still elements of it, but it's not shoved down your throat as much as it used to be. Um, I like the idea of the club like never winning the titles. I like them feuding with the champions and then never winning. The I, I was actually just going to ask you, Joe. Two trivia questions here. First, let, how many number one contendership matches have they won since November? Do you, know, do you have the answers to these? I do. Yes. So, how many number one? Cont- I'm going to start. Okay, how many number one contendership matches have they been in first? I would say no less than three. It is exactly three since November 21st. Right. They have been in three number one contendership matches. Uh, they have won only one. Yeah, they've gotten many Wait title shots in between they, that. They faced the New Day 19 times. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> they've only won technically. So so, so then I will ask you now here, let me, let me count this up right now. And this this is including Raw and what the old name, the old tag team titles or whatever. Um, so we're going to go since they've debuted. So they got, okay. Da, 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 da. All right, so how many tag title shots have they had? Like on TV? Yes, only TV. I, I feel like the answer is like 10, but it's probably much lower than that. I'm going to say five. It's seven. But... Wow, it is almost 10. <laughs> That's incredible. And you know what the worst part about this is? It's funny. This comes on the heels of us saying what a vast and, and, and large roster that this company has. And they give you the same fucking shit every week on TV. They're loaded with tag teams. Now, look, I know they're on different brands and things like that, but what, like, other than that Battle Royal on SmackDown this week, when's the last time you saw the Vaude Villains on TV? 
You know, when's the last time you saw the um, um, uh, who were the two geeks from NXT that uh, squashed everybody? <laughs> Um, I don't know who you're no, talking no, about. No, oh, oh, the Ascension, yeah. yeah. When's the last time you saw the Ascension on TV other than that Battle Royal? It's like, and I know they're on Smack, but... but... Oh my God, I just had, I just had, because I was, the reason I blanked out is for 30 seconds I was trying to figure out what Uwa Nation's name was in WWE, Apollo Crews. Yeah. I completely forgot his Not name. Not a SmackDown viewer, huh, Rich? <sighs> Not much, no. I, I watch it every so often, you, but... SmackDown has been really awesome until this, the, the SmackDown this week was awful. God, it was so bad. The SmackDown this week was like probably the worst SmackDown since the brand split. And it's it's funny because it comes on the heels of the rumors mm-hmm. that Ryan Ward is out and, and Road Dog is in. So that's something to keep an eye on because SmackDown has been an excellent show. It's been an entertaining show. It's had good matches. It's had other It's felt different. It, it of the felt, ones I've seen exactly. it's, it's it felt very you nailed different. It. It's so much different than Raw. And this past week's SmackDown. I don't want to say it felt like a Raw, but it just felt like a shitty show. It's just... It's kind of funny how anytime Ryan Ward is rumored to not be writing a show anymore, that show instantly becomes shit. So, you know what I mean? That guy obviously knows what he's doing. I mean, if he really was in charge of NXT all those years, and he really was the head writer on SmackDown, which we are to assume that why would any of that been false, that's the best guy they got, man. I mean, he does a nice job. He keeps everything logical. Um, nice story, so I, I, I don't know. But uh, this week's Smack, keep an eye on SmackDown, because if if it remains like it did this week, which was a terrible show, I mean, it just was not a good show in any way. Um, a bunch of two star special matches that weren't any good. A lumberjack match main event, Rich. You know how I feel about the lumberjack. Match. Oh God, and, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. I, I did not watch this week, so I. I and it was the most tropey lumberjack match ever. Like, Miz gets thrown out of the ring. And all the heels like won't go after him, and then the baby faces, and then the baby faces brawl with the heels, and it's so it's a template, yeah. The, the oh template god, and who can sit yeah. through that shit? It's awful. And then they did a battle royal to get a Royal Rumble spot with all of the geeks and Mojo Rawley, which I mean, they're just telling you, okay, Mojo's winning. Like he's a geek too, but they obviously like him, uh, you know. So the vaude villains and the Ascension, and then uh, I tell you what. The fashion police, Rich. I love this Fandango and Tyler Breeze team. Have you seen them with this fashion? Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're great. Even people think it's for bad fashion. I enjoy that. But, uh, you know, they were in there. And this is what I'm saying, coming back to the club. WWE has all of these tag teams that they never put on TV, but the club has to be involved in, in uh, 10 different number one contender or tag team title matches on TV. Mix it up a little. Can we get Primo and Epico having a raw title shot once or twice? <laughs> no, seriously, would it kill them to do that? Uh, Golden Truth had a number one contender match back in uh, November. You remember that? Yeah, I mean, why can't? Because I don't, because apparently it happened, but I but don't remember it. Why can't Primo and Epico or Golden Truth win one of those matches and have a one-off title match and just lose clean in the middle to the yeah. champions? It helps put your champions over a little bit. We talk about it all the time. Everybody has their place. I'm not saying push those teams. You can't give them a little one-week, you know, push, though, to put the champions over? No, you got to have the club every single week and on every pay-per-view. It's ridiculous. At this point, I hope it remains a meme, and they never win the titles. With that said, they'll probably win them this weekend. And it's just also a logic thing. And again, understanding, like, expecting logic out of WWE is very stupid, but, like, why did they keep getting shots? Like, they just never win. So why would you ever let them have a chance? Like... If you were actually booking a show, uh, whatever, right? Who, who cares? So anyway, there's that's that's the first pre-show match. The second pre-show match is Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Why did we spend so much time on that? I have no idea. We have so much to talk about today, and we spent 20 minutes about 
the booking of WWE's Raw division, which is just Raw, raw Tag division. division. Yeah. Like, how stupid. But, uh, you know, I forgot to get your 0-10 of that pre-show hot ta- tag title match with two referees. For Christ's sake. I don't know. Two? I'm at a one. I don't know. I like, I like Cesaro and I like Let's Shane, face it, but... Rich. You're never watching that match. I'm not. No, it's way too early. I got people coming over. I got to clean the house. I'm See, cooking Rich, food. The, let me tell you guys something. I'm going to tell the listeners something. I, you know, all day today. You know what I did today, Rich? I watched Wrestle One from Kirk and Hall, and I watched uh, what else did I watch? And I watched some like some fucking dusty all Japan show from some village somewhere. Rich is the kind of guy because I try to stand. Oh, I watched TNA Impact too, and I watched TNA Impact. Rich is the kind of guy he just blows this garbage. He's like, I'm not watching this shit. I'm not watching the club versus Cesaro and, and Sheamus in front of 19 fans in a half empty Alamo Dome at four o'clock in the afternoon. Rich, Rich has that kind of willpower where he'll just blow this shit off. And I wish I could do that, but I feel like I have to be a completist and I have to watch all this shit. Yeah, well, people do get mad, though, when we do the reviews. Like, you got to review the pre-show! And I'm like, no, I'm not going to. Like, the the show is the show. Like, I'm not reviewing that. People get so upset on Twitter. Like, oh, come on, guys. Like, do you care? You don't care? Why do you care what our opinions are of a pre-show match? That Who cares? I'm he- pre-show. They're saying it's the pre-show. To me, that's the pre-show. I don't watch the pre-show. I watch the... I'm here for you guys. Lance has got your back on board. Yeah, you got it. What was the old uh, What was the old gimmick that they had on the the pre pay per view? Uh, free for all. The free for all. That was it. Yeah. Did you like get really mad that somebody didn't review the free for all match? It was like, on your like uh, your cable Barker channel. Yeah. And, like that? to be fair, that's the only matches I watched when I was a kid because my mom wouldn't give me the pay per view. Right, so right, I, like, right. so I had to watch the free for all so I could see what the, the like the set design looked like because I was really into that. Because then what would happen though, Joe? And, and you see where I'm going with this is so I would watch the free for all. Then I get the idea that what the set is and all that sort of stuff. And that would happen with Sunday Night Heat when they started putting those matches in Sunday Night Heat. Then I would switch to Channel 95 and watch my scrambled pay-per-view. But then I knew what everything looked like. Right, right, right. So I could visualize it. I knew what the entryway looked like. I knew what the ring colors were. I knew everything then. So I could could close my eyes and really get an idea of what I was watching. So it was almost like you were watching – you were listening to a radio broadcast of the event – but you had a good visual of what it looked like because you watched. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I didn't have. I didn't have Vince Scully to tell me, you know, what what everything looked like and, and to paint the picture for me. So I painted my own picture with the free for all or the Sunday Night Heat, and then I was ready to go when I watched my scrambled pay per view. So I did that for like four years because my poor mom would just never buy any pay per views. Right. So. But, yeah, but listen, you saw all those free for all matches. You could probably tell me. All I saw all of them. You, you, could, you could tell me all about down low on the pre show matches, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> that was the name of that team, right? Down low. Uh, you're talking about like mom. And, and D Lo Brown, Brown yeah. And, yeah, it was the down low down, low down, down, low down, yeah, yeah. down low. What am I talking about? Yeah, low and down. then they were managed by Tiger Ali Singh for like three they weeks. They were, and I was actually yeah. into that team, of course, because they ain't going anywhere. <laughs> but I was like, I thought they could be a good Why were you team. Into that team? I don't know. I thought they could be a good team. You know, like, low down or the specifically the Tiger Ali Singh. I liked down. everything about it. I, I thought okay. it was. A, like, I thought it was edgy. You know, I thought. Oh, I yeah, was like, this right. could really propel Mosh. Huh? <laughs> this could be what he needs. D'Lo, D'Lo needs to get back on track after uh, killing Dross. Yeah, you know, D'Lo, I always liked D'Lo, you know. Oh, D'Lo was always my guy. You can tell he just, like, hated wrestling after it that. It was Mosh, right? It wasn't yeah. the Thrasher. Uh, it was it was Mosh for sure. It was the old, the, the former Beaver Cleavage uh, was, oh. was indeed. They, they um, never tried to do much with old Thrasher, did they? With Glenn Ruth? <laughs> Glenn, yeah. I don't know if Thrasher did anything. Because yeah, they, he... they gave they gave Mosh a lot of chances. With Beaver <laughs> That's Cleavage what we're talking and... about. But they didn't give they didn't give Glenn Ruth a lot of chances, Rich. And I'm I'm wondering why Mosh got all the opportunities that uh, that Glenn Ruth did not. Was there? A st- yeah, I don't know. It could have been age, maybe because because Thrasher was around forever. Because he was a jobber for so long, like it's like the early '90s, right? With Thrasher. 
Yeah, Thresher was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them were, though. They were the spiders, Rich. Do you remember the sp- No, I know, but Thresher was, like, Ruth was there, like, way early. Because he's a Larry Sharp guy, if I remember correctly. He was he was doing jobs in, like, 1991. He is a Larry shit. Sharp guy. And he was, yeah, but, yeah, he's 47. So he's 40, yeah, so I'm going to look up what Mosh is right now. Because this is important on this week where we have tons of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And we're revealing our, you know, our super important match of the year Absolutely. later in the show. Yeah. But we have to, oh, when you look up Mosh on Wikipedia, it does not immediately bring you to uh, okay. <laughs> one of the headbangers. There's a shocker. Yeah, why did I not just click when <laughs> I was on the Thrasher page? I don't know. Uh, well, oh, Mosh isn't that much younger. He's two years yeah, younger. I okay. thought, I I thought you were fuck. off base on that, but I will tell you, Thrasher's first jobs were 1990. So do you have Mosh up? When did Mosh? I don't. Let me, now I got to go to cage match for Mosh? Okay, yeah. let's let's do this. Yeah, let's find out when... Uh, Old Chaz Wellington or Warrington or whatever the fuck his name was. Uh, when Chaz his first Warrington, job. yeah. Warrington, there we go. Let's let's find out when his first WWE job. Oh, 1993. Okay, so yeah, th- you're, you were right then because Thrasher had a three-year head start. Um, this is great. His first WWE squash, his first loss, was uh, to Rhythm and Blues. Rhythm and Blues defeated Glenn Ruth and the, the, the tag team partner, Rich, of Glenn Ruth, Ronnie Garvin. Wow. So it was one of those deals. I don't know if you remember because you would have been really young. But um, like in the early 90s, what they would do is if a guy was – if they knew a guy gave notice, he'd start to do TV jobs like as one half of a tag team. He wouldn't take the fall, but he'd be on the losing end of the team and he wouldn't get an introduction. Like he'd be already in the ring. Like it would be Ronnie Garvin and Glenn Ruth already in the ring. And the announcers would give Ronnie Garvin respect. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, you know, Ronnie Garvin. He, but, but like then the jobber would, do, would, would take the fall. That was a thing that the company would do a lot in those days. So, yeah, Glenn Root's first WWE job was teaming with Ronnie Garvin and getting knocked off by Rhythm and Blues. He went on to lose to Rick Rude, The Warlord, Dino Bravo, and Sergeant Slaughter to close out 1990. So you were right. He did have a three-year head start. But still, they, they, I thought they'd like. I thought Chaz was like ten years younger than him. You know what I mean? And then that would make sense that um, that you would be like, "Well, we got to get something going with this Chaz guy." But I, it was probably just a Vince thing where Vince thought he was attractive or something like that. So he like they did wanted to push him it, over. It, it might have been. Ratchet, it might have been so. something stupid like that. It's just interesting that that Warrington got a million chances because he got a chance as Beaver Cleavage. Then he was just Chaz for a while, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Like as a singles guy, and that didn't work out. And then he had. He wore like boxers for a while, too. Remember that, where he was just wearing like boxers to the ring and some shit? It was really Very weird. bizarre. Yeah, and then the low down thing, which didn't. And none of those things lasted at all. I mean, they were very short lived. Then they came back as the Headbangers. Oh, they had a, like a second. Yeah, in the, in 2000, they had a, a second little run. So you had Chaz was like 99, Beaver Cleavage was like late 98. Then they came back as the headbangers in the 2000s, well, then they called, and then, then they, the lowdown happened. They gave Glenn Ruth a call and said, all right, come on back. And then they said, all right, we don't want you anymore, and got rid of him, and then they did lowdown. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then, of course, you know, they brought back the headbangers last year. But, <laughs> exactly. And people and, don't realize. And Jim Cornette brought him into Ring of Honor. So. Oh, that's right. The Guardians of Truth, 2000. That's, I think, officially when I decided I was done with Ring of Honor. And, and another thing people don't remember is the Headbangers, they were really with WWE a long time because they, they were a jobber team called the Spiders for a number of years. They'd come in Flying for Nuns for a while, too. Remember they were the Flying Nuns on one Shotgun Saturday or something like that, too? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Sister Angelica and Sister um, – oh, I closed the page out. Um, Angelica, what was the other one? Um, I need uh, – I think Angelica was, was Ruth. Mother Smucker. Oh, I would have never remembered that. <laughs> yes, I'm glad I've had right. Mother, Mother Smucker and Sister Angelica. Mother Smucker and Angelica, yeah. Let's... 
Angelica was uh, Thrasher in case for those scoring at home. So, oh, I got it. I got it backwards, huh? All right. Yeah, we're doing a fantastic job previewing. The Royal so Rumble, there's by your Glenn Ruth history lesson. But <laughs> everybody asked how that happened. Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Joe. This is going to set up the four-way at WrestleMania. The WrestleMania card has a bunch of matches that seem to be kind of sort of set, and one of them is going to be Banks, Jax, Charlotte, and it's Bailey, right? Yeah, I believe so. So this will, yeah. So, but look, you know me, Rich. I'm just happy to see a women's match that doesn't involve the title, which SmackDown actually does a decent job of. Raw leaves a lot to be desired, so I'm into that. But it'll probably be some kind of the, the angle was good. Did you like the angle with with Jax attacking Banks before Raw started? Like with uh, yeah, I, I've liked it, but I think they they did the promos. Um, I th- was it this week or a few? And and that just seems so cold. I don't know. Like man, Sasha's stock just <laughs> continues to plummet every time I see her. It's just like I don't know if she just doesn't have the passion or or doesn't like what she's doing right now or doesn't like this feud. But there's just something about her cutting a promo and her trying to really make it believable that she's really upset about something. It just, it doesn't work for me. I don't know why Sasha Banks and it's Bailey are horrendous promos. Oh my God. Bailey, the thing on raw with Bailey, they are, so they are that was a pre-tape too. They could have had another, like they could have said, all right, well let's try that again. That was the best one. They probably said, you know what? We're done. That, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Bailey. Look, they're Thanks. good wrestlers. They can go out there and have good matches. Charlotte blows them away on the mic. And look, look, and Charlotte isn't exactly her father, okay? But but I'll tell you what, though. Charlotte's better than she gets credit for. She's got she's, – she's very – got to be yeah, honest, Rich. Like, even when people were down on Charlotte, for whatever reason, I always connect I, – I like Charlotte. I think she's good her, at everything. I, I think what's really helped her promos is there was a while there when she talked, and it seemed like she was just, like, loudly reading her lines, you know, like like in that tone, too. She's not doing that anymore. She's got confidence now. Like before it was like, you could tell in her head, she's like, all right, don't screw up. Don't screw up. Say my lines, say my lines. And she would just very slowly tell you this, what she's supposed to say. Yeah. But she doesn't do that anymore. Now she's kind of, she's gotten a better flow and that happens. People progress and people get better. Yeah. You know, we forget that these are young, you know, people trying to progress and, well, and, and she's done it. So not how old Charlotte is, but yeah. Okay. Well, you know, she's younger. Uh, I just wanted to fire her. Yeah, we don't know how old Charlotte is. Charlotte might be 40 for all we know, but, uh, yeah. Do they actually say what her, they say 30. Uh, I don't know how old she is, but there's some speculation out there, but it doesn't matter though. Eh, who cares? But, um, yeah, I agree. She's a much better promo than these two. She projects her character better than the, than the others do too. I think yeah. she does a better job with that. You're right. Sasha Banks is the pits. It's Bailey is the pits. Um, they, they just, they're just bad. Pro- look, the, the promo classes, they just don't, they obviously don't, none of these people are good promos when they come up from NXT. They just aren't. It, it, promos might be one of those things that you just can't teach. I mean, maybe, maybe you, no, I mean, you can't, I mean, that, that, I, I, I don't think you can. I never thought you could. You might That's be able, always why I was, you might be able to refine people, but I'm not sure. It's like you either are good at that or you're not. I mean, I, I really don't think you could, these promo classes, I don't think you could teach someone to be a great promo. I just think you have to have it in you. And that's what wrestling always – I mean, there was obviously, you know, the people that have watched wrestling beyond, you know, the last 10 years, you know that there were just guys that just sucked at promos. And they just either didn't have them talk or had them talk very – you know, really quickly and get them out of there. You know, a uh, uh, Von Eric was a guy not very good, so let's have him say one or two things and get him the hell out of here as quick Ricky as possible. Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat was a great wrestler, all-time great, was a top-tier babyface, but you never heard him talk because he was terrible. Ker- so. Kerry Von Eric's promos are so bad. They are legendary. That, that they that they wrap back around and they're good because go on the network and watch his promos from World Class, 
Right, because if his character is a big doofus jock, yes, then it works perfect. Exactly. He's like this. <laughs> he's a big doofus he's jock. He's such a oh, dumb jock and marble mouth. He can't talk. His tongue's in his ways. Like it's just a mess. And by the end of it, it's almost charming. You're like, oh, Carrie, you're so stupid. You know, and it's like it works for him. Well, well that's the thing. It, it, it's natural. Cause, and, and that's, again, the problem with teaching promos is, like, you don't let these people naturally sink or swim. You don't let these people naturally, you know, because Sasha might have, you know, if you just let her kind of talk normal, we could. she's kind of a bitch, you know what I mean, like, in real life. And, like, that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. She is. But when you have her rehearse these lines and say that, I, I feel like she would 100% be better if she just was herself. If she was airport Sasha Banks right, right. on the mic, it would do so much more than, like, rehearsed boss Sasha Banks. I want the pissed off no, I don't want to take a picture with you, Sasha Yeah, in the old days they would tell her, harness airport Sasha. Yeah, right. So I have just come up to you and asked for an autograph and you are drinking Starbucks with your headphones on and it's 8am. What do you do? That's your promo. And your flight's been delayed and you haven't haven't been home in 19 days. Right. Turn that up to 10. And right, that. and I'm wearing a you know I'm wearing a, a boss T-shirt, and I want to take a picture with you. Yeah, so. and I've got your eight by tens that you've already signed, but I want another signature now. You know, like a, you know, these creeps doing the airports. All right, my hand's gonna be way too low, even though I could just easily put my hand on your shoulder. But you know, I'd be the same way in these airports. I these people, some of these creeps, touching their butts or what? Oh, just being a creep. No, not like the creeps. Okay. No, I mean I, I'd be like Sasha. I'm saying where the way I would treat these people because oh, I'm good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ever ever go up to celebrities or athletes. Oh, me neither. And it's like... I hate the, it. Because I, I know, I just feel them, and I feel their awkwardness. They're just like... Oh but God, it's like, 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 the people, like, okay, someone who's just randomly catch, you know, catching my eye in the airport, I can understand, I'd be nice. But these creeps who you know are there just to stalk you. Right. Sign my, you know, sign my glossy photo. Like, yeah, like, if you're here, showing up with the photos and the t-shirt, that means... The WWE encyclopedia, yeah. That means you knew my flight. And you knew I was going to be there, and you're a fucking creep. And I wouldn't be nice to them either. But, yeah, so I, I would – yeah, th- I see what you're saying, though. Like, they're not it, – it's playing a character. And it's not pro- The best promos were always people who pro- turned themselves up to 10. They projected right. themselves. And Sasha could do that because we know that she's got an attitude to her, and that's fine. I, mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's absolutely a good – but we don't get that when she talks on the mic. She's whatever she is, and it doesn't. But Charlotte, I think she does a pretty good job of projecting what she kind of is. So we've seen that, which is good. We, we've we've gotten to that point. Becky, I think, is a pretty good at, at kind of projecting her real character there. But, yeah, Sasha hasn't quite gotten it. And Bailey, I mean – She's so bad. God. Oh my god! It, it's, she yeah. loses and this, her train. It's really seems. She's, it's, yeah, it's really hard to screw her up. And and the way to screw her up is just give her twenty minutes to talk. You know, like, oh, 20 minutes. That. My god, that's just a death sentence. Two, yeah, actually, but, yeah, you, shouldn't give you know what, Sasha? Though. In nineteen eighty seven, Sasha Banks would have Jimmy Hart jumping around with a megaphone around. She would never talk. Exactly right. Judy Martin. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's actually. Yeah, did you ever hear Judy I, Martin talk? Yeah. No. No, I never did. Can, do you recall the classic uh, Glamour Girl promos? Of course not. <laughs> yeah. They went out there and tossed girls around by the hair and did a tremendous job of it. And smoked a pack of Newports afterwards. Yeah, a woman was 32 and she looked like she was 57, but she did a great job in the ring. Rested her Virginia Slim on the top rope while she <laughs> threw the Jumping Bob Angel all around. Exactly, and Jimmy Hart did the talking. I mean, you know, but those days are long gone. Yeah. All right, and then the uh, six-woman tag match, Becky Lynch, Nikki Bella, Naomi versus Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and Natalia. Also a pre-show match. Yeah, a, uh, a Smackers match. <laughs> a Smackers match. But if you've been watching the Smackers, you know there's a lot of backstory here. Because they, you know, they've done a better job involving all of the women into some things. Which Raw's going to do moving forward as they move towards the four-way. I'm annoyed that they're doing a four-way at Mania. But look, it's Mania. They're shoehorning everybody on. I get it. It's the same same problem I had with the three-way last year. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it just well, it, the problem is it just feels like it it, it doesn't. It's the year end thing, and you feel like there should be something better than just like let's get them all together. You know, it, it, again, like we 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 have the same complaint with New Japan with the, the junior yep. tag matches where it's like you guys just all just wrestle each other. It's like okay, well that didn't really take much thought. Like yeah. yes, in this one's gonna have a build and it's gonna be, but it would be so much more impactful if it was yeah, just. I mean, how much more me, satisfying you know, you, was the Bucks Rapongi Vice match edition? Exactly. Well, I, I go back to like you know classic WrestleMania women. I mean, one that I really love was that Trish Stratus Mickey James. How much watered down would that have been if it was like Candice? Michelle and Mickey James and Trish Stratus, you know what I mean? Corey like, Wilson, throw her in. Yeah, exactly. You just shoehorn a bunch of. No, it was much better. Just be here's the big match that we're presenting to you. Yeah. Here you go. Like, yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's the pre-show that uh, I won't watch, but Joe will definitely be watching. So make sure you uh, you find him on Twitter at Voices Wrestling. He'll be uh, live tweeting all those results and hot and heavy. But uh, now we will go to the actual business end of the card. We have a now I actually now I actually have to do that. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Cruiserweight Championship, Rich Swan defending his title against Neville. Joe, is Neville winning the title here? I fucking hope so. Are they going to do the Neville loses and then Neville wins on Raw thing? I fucking hope not. Um, he should win. He's the only thing with any positive momentum on that godforsaken awful show that they're sure to dump in about six months and... Oh, that thing is, you can hear the, the rumblings already going on, the rumors and all this stuff, and the internally people are questioning. It, it, it's, it's Listen, you, you thing can't be a first-run show that finishes eighth on the network. You just can't. No. You can't finish behind 1989 Royal Rumble. You know, you, you just, <laughs> I'm not making that up. It, like, finish behind... No, that is actually like, true. So they're going to dump it. They're probably going to cut half of those guys, and the indies are going to be injected with some fresh talent. Um, Akira Tozawa is debuting next week, Rich. So, oh, I've heard of him. Is he pretty good? Um, Arya Davari got up to 18 matches before Akira Tozawa debuted because I do keep count. Um, it'll be 19 if he wrestles before Tozawa. He'll probably wrestle on Raw again because you can't have a Monday Night Raw without Arya Davari. <laughs> With the hot Arya Davari action. As we but... all know. So, Man, that guy sucked. I, I saw him in like Dreamwave and he was terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you oh. low-key buried him when we first talked about the Cruiserweight Classic Brackets. You low-key buried him. You didn't want to all-out bury him, but you low-key buried him, so I got to give you credit for that. But, uh, yeah, so, look. This... You, know, you know what's important about this match, though, Joe? What's that? More than anything? What's that? The first non-Brian Kendrick Cruiserweight title match. The we've first ever had. since fucking September. <laughs> Literally, I'm not joking. Yep. Go to the cage match. It is the first non-Brian Kendrick Cruiserweight title match we've had yet. This is a company with, what, like 16 Cruiserweights on the <laughs> roster? Grand Metallic hasn't even had a match yet, but Brian Kendrick has been involved in every single eight, title. Eight, eight, so far. All eight of them. This will be the first one. You know what would be great? If before, right before the bell... That, that I'm the man. With, I'm, the, I'm the man with the plan. Right, the music hits. Right, he comes out and 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 with the mic and he interjects himself in the match and they find a way to get him into the match. And and I'll tell you what, it wouldn't even be that like, un- like I could see that happening. That's- yeah, I, like in my mind, I just kind of shivered because I was like, oh, no, that might actually happen. So, uh, but either way, I'm looking forward to it because I think both these guys are good. Um, we we know that you know if they get time, which I, I think they should get a little bit of time, these guys could could definitely excel. And I love the Neville character right now, so I'm all in on this match, and I hope that Neville does win the title because he's the yeah, as you said the only thing we're looking forward to because they found a way to neuter Rich Swan too. It's like one by one they're gonna work their way to do it. But uh, yeah, I, the the part that I'm worried about is the once it seems to be that once you get that title, you're just immediately garbage. But uh, I think I think they got something with Neville and they understand what they have with him. So I I think he'll be treated a little bit better. But I think it's important to have somebody have the title that's not a complete dud. 
which I hope this opens again. Which, which I just said, Rich Swan and T.J. Perkins were duds, which is like it, it, you know I what mean, I mean. And it's not their fault. I mean, I, I <laughs> it's not like I feel terrible. I don't. I love both those guys, but it's like you know that's what's it, it's become that where you get the title and you're just the nothing immediately. So yeah, so yeah, maybe Neville could elevate a little, but um, look, I hope this is the opener and I hope it's a hot match in the uh, classic 90s tradition of, like, the Rockers versus the Orient Express opening up a Royal Rumble, or uh, hot, or uh, a New Foundation or versus uh, the Orient Express, or how about the, the Steiner Brothers versus the Beverly Brothers? Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite matches as a kid. I, I love that match, too. Was it New Foundation? And then I figured out that Beverly Brothers was uh, was Mike Enos, because, like, when I first watched that match, I, like, I knew Mike Enos as, like, WCW jobber, like, mean Mike Enos or whatever. And this is pre-internet, so I was like, oh, my God, is that Mike? And it took me like years before I could actually confirm that it was actually Mike Enos, that that whatever Blake I I don't know which Beverly he was. He but. was uh he was Blake. Wayne the train bloom was Bo. Yeah, uh, but I, I was like I looked at him and I was like, that's Mike Enos. Destruction. Like, yeah, no de- way. Destruction crew. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I have no way of figuring out ever that that was, you know, pre like again, the pre-internet was the worst. Because I how would I have known that? How would I have ever like I didn't have anybody to ask. I, and then I just had to wait and wait and wait until that information finally came to me. And I was like, yeah, thank you. It, was, it is Mike Enos. So. It was Destruction Crew and uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew 2 in WCW uh, before they uh, head off to become the Beverly Brothers. But, yeah, they had that match against the Steiners. A hot little match. Uh, yeah, the, you know, Rumble always had hot openers, so I'd like to see this match. Orient, Orient Express Rockers, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that one a little a few days ago. That, that match holds up, man. It does, yeah. Like, they do, you know, Topes and shit. People are just going nuts for that stuff too. It's it's great. The Rockers like, were awesome. They really were. And the Orient Express don't get enough credit. Both combinations, by the way, the Kiyosato and the Kato combination. Both combinations yeah. were were. It was a good team. I mean, you know, it's it, they were they were you put them out there and they'd have a work rate special. That was their role, you know. And they always had good matches with the Rockers. All right, we got the Raw Women's Championship match with Charlotte Flair defending her title against Bailey. Uh, no chance in hell that Bailey wins this, right? I mean, probably not, but it doesn't matter. All four of them will be against each other at Mania. That's what they're building to, so who knows? Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I think Charlotte – I've been liking a lot of what Charlotte's been doing, and, and I think the match itself will be good even if the build is – Well, it's, ba- it's Bailey's but... first shot at having a big-time match yeah, on the main so... roster. You know what I mean? So who knows? Uh, we got WWE Championship. We have AJ Styles defending against John Cena. I'm really looking forward to this. I might be looking forward to this match more than anything else on this entire card, Royal Rumble match included because um, – Man, I, I, Styles is on fire right now. I think Cena's got a nice little thing going as well. I and I know you know that these guys are going to kill it. You know, Indy Cena's coming out, and you know Styles is going to do all he can uh, in this big time spot. So I'm really, really looking forward to this match. Yeah, it should be good. I'm just glad James Ellsworth is away from AJ Styles again. And oh my god, you know, I I I hate James Ellsworth. <laughs> I can't stand his presence. That was with your your, your girl Carmel. I, there's no way you watch those segments, right? You I have did. To I watched it. Right? It was it was. Why? Why do you do that? It was yourself? one of the worst things they put on TV in a long time. I, you, was that a surprise to you that James Ellsworth and Carmella would be a horrible, horrible segment? Here's my problem with James Ellsworth. I don't think oh, he sucks. <laughs> He's fucking horrible. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I don't have a problem with that gimmick or that role. I really don't. I have a problem with him. He's 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 terrible. He's not. You can find you can find thou- a thousand guys on the Indies who that would do, do that it better. better. And and yeah. because here's the thing, he's not charming in any way. He's not funny in any way. He's not entertaining in any way. He doesn't deliver his lines well, and and ah. he and he doesn't deliver his lines poorly, in a like a, a, a tongue in cheek way where it's supposed to be. Ah. He's just bad at his job. 
James Ellsworth just isn't good at anything. Well, there's one guy that finds him funny. That's Vince McMahon, who finds his appearance funny and the fact that he's a geek funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, that he has an ugly chin. There's one guy in the entire world that finds James Ellsworth entertaining or funny, and that's, you know, Vince McMahon, who... His presence... God damn, look how silly he looks. (laughs) He's one of those guys where his presence just fucking annoys me. I I don't even want to... His his presence irritates me, and it, you know, I'm, you know, at least he's out of the main line. You know what though? He's gonna eat one of those rumble spots. Unfortunately, he's gonna come in, get tossed out immediately, and we're all supposed to laugh at it. And to me, that's just a waste of time. All right, uh, move on. Man, that's grumpy. Old... You know, like it's yeah, we're, we're very. Here, but... yeah. AJ Styles, let's talk about AJ Styles and John Cena. That's gonna but be fun. Fuck that. He's not fun. He's fucking shit, and it deserves to be because <laughs> he's, he's really fucking bad. There's no entertainment value in James Ellsworth. Yeah, at least he's... when you had like a Santino or whatever. Like, I didn't love the Santino stuff, but he was really good at that role. He, like, you know what I mean? Was like, it's awesome at first, and then even when it overstayed its welcome, I saw what the appeal was. Like, I could see why kids would find him funny. I could see why people would find it. This guy, there's nothing entertaining about this guy. He's just total shit. God, I fucking hate James Ellsworth. I hate him. What do you think about, what do you think about AJ Styles and John Cena, though? Well, here's the thing. These two title matches, I mean... And don't mention James Ellsworth. <laughs> I expect both titles to change because that's the thing going into this Rumble. We can ball this all into one. It's like anyone can win this Rumble because then with the Elimination Chamber coming up and with these two title matches... The title could end up on anyone by WrestleMania time, which means even these matches that are decided already, Brock and Goldberg Goldberg or um, Roman Reigns Undertaker or some of these other rumored matches, it really doesn't eliminate anyone from winning the Royal Rumble or even winning these title matches or winning Elimination Chamber. It's like Meltzer made a good point. He said the Elimination Chamber, like from the SmackDown side, your Royal Rumble winner could be like a mid-card guy because here's the other thing too, Rich. The title matches at WrestleMania aren't going to be the, the headlining matches. They're going to be mid-card matches. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that like a Dolph Ziggler or a Miz or like a mid-card guy wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, I've been saying that from the beginning. I mean, that, that's one of the benefits for some of, of the, the brand split is that, yeah, with these Royal Rumbles, you can have it be anybody. It could be like – because, again, like I went back and watched that 2001 – or 2011, rather, uh, Royal Rumble – and Del Rio won, and if you really look at Del Rio's trajectory at that point, like he wasn't a guy that was like, oh man, Del Rio's definitely going to main event WrestleMania, but he won it because you can have it be the opener, and that it was. He fought Edge in the opener, but it was like he was at that point kind of a mid-card guy that they just wanted to get behind, and yeah, they could do that, because now they you don't have to have that pressure of the guy who wins the Rumble is in your main title match, and the main title match is the main you know match of WrestleMania, because it's not that. It's the, the, the showcase now. It's a spectacle, and, and those guys, I mean... Your title match could be third from the top, and would that be would that be shocking to you whatsoever? No, not at all. If the guy who won, it wouldn't be shocking to me if the guy who won the Royal Rumble would be you know opening the show. Yeah, yeah. For the SmackDown depending on the brand, so. yeah, absolutely. So, to me, it's the most unpredictable Rumble in years. I mean, it's wide open. You can make a case for like fifteen guys. Yeah, which I love. It. We'll do that here in a sec uh, when we break down the, the, the card. But uh, uh, Owens Reigns, do you have uh, any thoughts on this one? Oh, by the way. Chris Jericho will be suspended in a shark cage above the ring. So oh, I didn't know that, Rich. They didn't pound that yeah. home enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish they would have just put the cage in the ring and then had them interact with it in some way. So I would know that the damn cage yeah, is a Make it, it clear. Jeez. So. <laughs> no, but, but, uh, Vince, yeah, come on. Subtlety, man. I, you, you're so subtle. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. I don't know what. What's a sh- oh, I wonder if Jericho will drop an item 
for down to Kevin Owens, which then <laughs> Roman Reigns will intercept while the referee is, uh, yeah, so we don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, I think Roman Reigns has a better chance of winning than Cena does, although I think both of them could win. I think they're definitely getting the title off Owens uh, as soon as possible, and then you're going to have Owens Jericho in a mid-card match at WrestleMania, which does nothing for me. I have zero interest in it. I have zero interest in that entire proposed Mania card, and I know we're going to hear shit from people. I, but look, what do you want from me? I got to be honest with you. That card looks like dog shit. And, and but I, look, I get it. It's WrestleMania. Yes, I will be plopped on my couch and I'll be watching it. Yes, I will enjoy it on some sort of level. Uh, you know, the popular word is spectacle because it is a spectacle. But those matches are dog shit. I just got to be completely honest. There's not a single match that's proposed aside from Brock Goldberg. That's the match I'm into the most. I gotta be- well, let's talk about that real quick before we talk about the the, the actual Royal Rumble itself. Uh, here's the Mania lineup at this point. This is what uh, Dave uh, Meltzer wrote in uh, this week's Observer. Uh, he said it is looking like Goldberg versus Lesnar, Undertaker versus Roman Reigns, ugh. Triple H versus Seth Rollins. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge ugh for me. Um, uh, Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. Which you know the, the build of that's just going to be shit, too, even though it's like, like both those guys, but... Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Ugh. Oh, God, I don't want this. And anymore. remember, that can end up being a title match. Hey, is this the Royal Rumble? What? Get out of here. No, We're on the air. Come on, we got a thousand people listening. What? What? Get out of here. Is what I have to watch on Sunday? No, that's not the Royal Rumble. That's WrestleMania. I won't make you watch Rich, WrestleMania. Oh, okay, because I don't want to watch those matches. What was that? I don't want to watch any of We're not going to. No, that's WrestleMania. I won't make you watch that. It's like nine hours now. I don't make you watch that anymore. The Rumble, you got to watch, though. Well, as long as that's not the rumble. Close the door. Get, get, get out of here. The nurse just buried the mania card. Yeah, the, the nurse just buried the mania card. Did you know that we didn't like it, or you just read that and thought? No, I that was like that's stupid. Yeah, what's what's the stupidest of them all? Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. That's stupid. Yeah. Because they're not even like in the same genre, and they don't <laughs> have like any reason to hate each other. They might by that point. No, no, no. That's stupid. Okay. All right. they, they're in their own worlds. Mm-hmm. Don't mix them up. Lesnar and Undertaker. How does Big Show versus Shaq work for you? Shaq, the basketball player. Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. I'll come in for that. Okay, all right. And then Brock Lesnar, I just hate, and I don't want to watch him ever. Uh-huh. But I like The Undertaker. Well, he's going to be against Roman Reigns. But I can't like both of I can't like that team because... They're not a team. Hate... No, they're, it's Goldberg versus Lesnar. Oh, I was reading... Comma, the... Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Oh, okay, my... Yeah, no, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker are not teaming up to face Goldberg. Well, I was so, confused. Yeah, okay. okay, well... <laughs> I don't like Goldberg versus Lesnar. That's stupid, too, because I hate both of them. Oh, Triple H versus Seth Rollins. What does that do for you? I guess at least they have the history, so it makes sense on, like, Wyatt versus Orton. Yeah. She, she doesn't watch, by the way. This is this. tremendous. She's doing a nice job here, yeah. though. I gotta tell yeah, you're you. doing a very good job for you. What about Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens? You like Kevin Owens, right? I love Kevin Owens. No, I hate Kevin Owens! <laughs> I guess Jericho, but I don't care for him much. But he's Would you like the Kevin list? Owens. Do you like Chris Jericho? He, he has a list. Yeah. Uh, I have my own list, so me and Jericho are yeah. soulmates. Yeah, okay. You like his scarves, too. I'll look All right, get out of here. Get out of here. We got All a lot right, of time. Tell her to hit the bricks. Let's go. Yeah, I did. I get out of here. I, I enjoyed the point that at least Triple H and Seth Rollins have a history. That was a good point. Yeah, she's, she's, she's not wrong. She was, I mean, the match is going to be horrendous, but yeah. That's... But she rightfully buried the Mania card, and, and, yeah. and she's not wrong, yeah. you know? so She's all into that Shaq Big Show match, and I am too. That's probably my most anticipated match of this entire show, which is not good. That's really bad. Yeah, that, that Mania card looks horrendous. And the worst part is it's going to be like seven hours long. But, the, but, like, but here's the scary part part like that Orton Wyatt match could be for the title if one of them wins the rumble yeah. and the other guy wins the elimination chamber 
That's a possibility too. That's why the rumble's wide open and so many of these guys can win. Do we have to confirm names in front of us or? Um, yeah, I do. I do have that. So let's let's preview the actual um, rumble match itself. Throw the now. names at me. I'll tell you if I think they can win. Okay. Are you doing percentages or just like yes, no? They have a chance or no? Oh, no I'll chance. play it by ear. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start at the bottom because that's not fun if I start at the top. Okay. Mojo Raleigh. No chance. Yeah, zero. Rusev. Ten percent chance. Big Cass. Zero. Sammy Zayn. Twenty-five percent chance. Wow. Why is everybody on the same? He's not winning. There's no way. No hell. Rich, okay. Rich, I'm not sure if you understand odds, but twenty-five percent is not good. It's not good, but it should be zero. But anyway, Big Show. All right, so you say zero. That's fine. Uh, um, Big Show. Well, he's facing Shaq, so it's zero percent. Uh, Luke Harper. Zero. Randy Orton. 60. All right. Bray Wyatt. 60. All right. Sheamus. Zero. Cesaro. Zero. Dolph Ziggler. 50. Wow. Dolph Ziggler. 50% chance. Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Uh, The Miz. You want my reasoning? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Cena's the champion. He needs a heel opponent, and you know, look, I'm not saying it's a you know, great, but you know, all right. Uh, the Miz, Dean Ambrose, uh, raw side, he's got nothing rumored yet, which is a little you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, I gotta go about 60% for Dean Ambrose, okay. The Undertaker, no, uh, well, I don't think, I think, I think. Yeah, I, I just don't think that that match doesn't need that. That's one that they can they can promote on its own and, and not need the title involved in it. So I I, I think that's the way. I, I wouldn't put him at zero. I no, I wouldn't put him at zero either because it would be something that they would. It, it seems like something they could do, but I, I doubt they would. Uh, Baron Corbin. Ah, uh, no, he's not winning. I think I think Baron Corbin's got better chances than people you think. Know, I, I you don't... know you're right. You, you know what? You're not wrong. You, you, you know what? You're right. You're right about that. I, I can't. He has better chance than Sami Zayn. I, I can't put him at zero. Here's the thing about as a SmackDown, SmackDown guys, like honestly, any of those SmackDown guys I listed, other than like Luke Harper and Mojo Raleigh, any of those guys, Wyatt, Orton, Miz, Ziggler, uh, Ambrose. I put my. Uh, you're right. You, you've talked me out of it. I put my confidence on on Corbin the fifty. Please, please don't bet on it. Like I would not, I would not have you bet on. These it, are just confidence levels zero to exactly. one hundred yeah, yeah. for each guy. I I I'll put him at fifty. Here's the thing about Corbin though. I can't stand him because I think he's the most overrated guy in the company right now. People go crazy for this Baron Corbin. And I still haven't seen him have a, have a good match, so I don't know what people are talking about. But but go ahead. Uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, he could he could win. Uh, Forty. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, uh, that might be Jericho. low. It might be low. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably low for him. I, I I have him a little bit higher too. I don't. I actually I don't know if he's gonna win, but he's gonna definitely be a featured part. He's throwing Big Show out, or, or he's throwing you know. I mean, he's gonna throw a lot of those guys out. It's gonna be a big deal for yeah, him this year. Yeah. He's, he's gonna, gonna be the tight. guy who looks great coming out. Exactly, absolutely. So even if he doesn't win, he's he's gonna look fantastic out of it. But uh, Chris Jericho, zero. Uh, Xavier Woods, zero. Kofi Kingston, zero. Big E, zero. Okay, now we get to the last two guys: Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock and Goldberg. Um, I'd put it like yeah, seventy. See, I put them at zero. I don't. I think that they're just gonna eliminate each other, or something's gonna happen. I don't think that they're gonna muddy up them winning it in any way. I think they, that's another one that you can just do without having the title. I agree. That's what I would do. I could totally see them making that for the title, though, because of all the noise Goldberg's making about wanting to win the title. That's true. I guess, yeah, he did mention that. Yeah. 
Okay, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, in my mind, I still see like Goldberg doing a lot, and then Brock. Maybe like Goldberg eliminates Brock, and then Brock like runs back in the ring and eliminates Goldberg, or you know what I mean? Something like totally, that is where I, I can totally see them tumbling. I, that, I think that's what I have happening. But you're right. I mean, that, that could be something if they want to continue the shock thing with Goldberg. You know, Goldberg wins the Rumble, or you know, they could obviously do that. So. Uh, pretty good, but I think the, the the great part about that is that we listed I don't know how many names I didn't keep count. There's a lot of names there that could have a chance of winning it, and you don't get that with the Rumble that often. So I'm I'm super excited about most this year's years. You're going zero 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 zero. There's three guys, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if it's one promote, it's like all right, well you know it, we know we we would know at this point pretty much a handful of guys. Maybe it'll surprise you a little bit, but there's three or four guys that you know. Okay, there's no chance anybody else, but these three or whatever, these two are going to win it. This really is open, and especially when you said, like, you add in the pay-per-view in between, that's easily something that they could have the Rumble winner defend it and the title change. You know, there's a lot of ways you can go with this, especially with the two brands. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But, yeah, I, I didn't keep track, but, I mean, I 10-plus names that you mentioned there having, I think, 50-plus percent odds. So I think Orton is a sneaky pick. It'd be a boring winner, but I could totally see them pulling that. No, he's a boring wrestler, so I mean, oh, yeah. there's nothing, yeah, nothing you can really do there to kind of. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree there. But, but that's cool. I mean, that that makes me really excited about the Rumble, and, and I can't wait because we play our little Royal Rumble betting game. And I know uh, Shake Them Ropes has one going on as well. I know I've seen a bunch of people doing it. And that, it's the only real show that you could ever really gamble on and like have some fun with. So you know, you got people over. It's the best one to have people over with because I will never invite people over to WrestleMania ever again after last year. Yeah. After making my friends sit there for like six hours. Yeah. And the Rock's got a fucking blowtorch. And it's like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. It's like 1030 and the Rock's blowing shit up with a blowtorch. Like, let's get the hell out of here. Like, I would never. But the Royal Rumble was a nice quick pace. Like, that match itself is always really fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that a lot. And I think the idea that, like, any there, – there's, you know, a lot of guys that can win it adds a whole different wrinkle to it yeah. that we really haven't had in many years. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it definitely. Lot. All right, let's. Uh, we got to blow through these other shows here because we went way too long on Glenn Ruth history here. Uh, Take over San Antonio. Let's talk about that. Which can't sell seven thousand tickets. Well, the card kind of sucks, so I don't. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts on this. I've been watching XT TV. It's been fine, but I'm just not into this roster right now. I was stunned when all this talk of they can't sell out for this show. Then I I, I did a little research. It's not in AT and T. It's not where the Spurs play. They're running Freeman Coliseum. Oh, that's that shitty rodeo ring right across the street from at and Yeah, right? it's where the, the WNBA team plays. Yeah, okay. And that's an 11,000-seat building, and they only have it set up for 7,000, and they still aren't even close mm-hmm. to selling it out. That's embarrassing. That's, it's not good. I think that's, yeah. a, that's a big knock on Nakamura, no pun intended. Um, he doesn't exactly have a knock-it-out-of-the-park opponent. With Bobby Roode, I think Bobby Roode. I was gonna say yes. I mean, conspicuous by his absence is Bobby Roode's drawing record ever. So, (laughs) I mean, Bobby. I mean, he's just a nothing guy. Is this a surprise to anybody that nobody buys tickets to watch Bobby Roode do anything? This is Shinsuke Nakamura defending this title against an entrance theme. He's not even facing a human being. This man is in the main event because of his entrance theme. Right. They should just plug uh, plug someone's laptop into the speakers and just play the song, and then just that's it. Like you know, you I you know I could see it not even being a good match. Um. So this could end up being a shit show. We have DIY. I, th- I, I think Rude's painfully mediocre all the time. Like I I, I never get it when people get really. Excited I've never about liked Bobby Rude. I've yeah, never. So liked I have Bobby. no. And Nakamura is not really going to Nakamura rises to the level of his opponent. We know that time yes. and time again. This match is not going to be good. Not be good. And there's it, a good chance it won't be good. 
Yeah, and the rest of the card, man. Even even like let, let's break down this card here real quick. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Andrea Almas. I'm, I'm into the Almas character, and that'll be a good match. But I don't know. The juice is like eh, I don't know. It's fine. If, but if they have good chemistry, it could be. You know, it's not going to get a ton of time, but it could be the mo- You know, the best match on the card. They, but I don't know if they're going to have good chemistry. And Almas hasn't exactly delivered. No, it seems like an odd fit from an in-ring standpoint, too. Like, I think match. both those guys are good independently, but I don't know how it's going to work together with, with the two of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about that one. Uh, the rest of man, Eric Young versus Ty Dillinger. I mean, Eric Young's better than people give him credit for, and we know Dillinger's good. Um, I, I enjoyed the angles that they did to set it up. I mean, this could be, again, this could be a really good match, or it could be a seven-minute two-star special. You just don't know what you're going to get as we move along on NXT TakeOver One Night Only. Yeah. Uh, Asuka defending her uh, NXT Women's Championship in a fatal four-way. Yay! Versus Nikki Cross, Billy Kay, and Peyton Royce. Again, if it's Asuka Nikki Cross, I'm more excited. If it's Asuka versus either one of, of Billy Kay or Peyton Royce, I'm probably a little bit more excited. As a four-way, not doing it for me. The one glimmer of hope I have is on the go-home angle on this week's NXT. The focus was very clearly on Asuka and Nikki Cross. Yes, absolutely. The two Australians uh, weren't, weren't featured at all on the go-home angle. But, yeah, I mean... I love the angle to set it up where she had problems with all three and she storms into Regal's office demanding to defend her title. And he says against who? And she says all three as the show goes off the air. That was a great moment. I'm into Asuka. You know, I love Asuka. I I am so into this character. I'm into her matches. Hopefully we know the four way formula often lends itself to shit. I just want to see Asuka destroy the, the other, the two Australians and have it come down to the other two. I hope they do something interesting here is what I'm getting at. But, um, yeah. you know, obviously they're building towards Asuka and Ember Moon. I mean, that's what they're going to. I think mm-hmm. she retains here and she defends against Ember Moon WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's pretty easily the the, um, the path there. Um, then we have the NXT Tag Team titles, DIY, Johnny Gargano, and Spencer Champa, defending against the authors of plays, uh, Pain, Occam, and Razor. Yeah, I mean, DIY is going to have to carry these guys. Um you know, we clear- it's a shitty card, man. It is. Jesus Christ. I mean, we, we like that, like that's the match where you go I, like, and I'm reading that, and I'm like, DIY Gargano. Okay, here we oh, get Austin Payne. Damn it! <laughs> like, and I like the I like the Austin Payne. I like the style. They're a perfect TV team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm- made for TV matches. Made for just getting in there, beating the shit out of somebody, playing their music, and walking out. Perfect team for that. You got to be in the semi-main event of a takeover match. Look, they raise the bar with these takeovers. Where and I was going to say, and the bar is American Alpha and DIY. The bar is DIY versus Revival. We're going to talk about Match of the Year in a little bit. There's littered with those matches. Yeah. Now that, that's the bar. These guys are not going to come anywhere close to that. There's no way. No, I I agree. I mean, I don't want to be too mean about the Authors of Pain. They're green. They're, they're, they're legitimate rookies. They've only been wrestling a few months. They... Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa have their work cut out for them here. They're going after. Yeah, well, I think they're very good at what they do, but what they do is not high level what we've come to know NXT takeover. Are they NXT. very good at what they do, though? I mean, I don't know if they're very. I think they're good at just being like beefy guys that just shoulder block people and get in and out yeah, of there. I, mean, I think they're fine with that. Yeah. They're very good by 1989 standards. Oh, I yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They're very good at what their object, the, the object of their team is to be a 1989 yeah, tag. Yeah. And they're good at that. They look, they're not good at anything else, though. <laughs> 2017, I don't know. They look like, menacing enough. But I mean, you know, it's it's TM six. They got a sweet punny name that's always good too. Occam's Razor. You need that. You know, sounds good. Too. Yeah, and I mean, TM sixty one had to really throw their bodies around against them at the last takeover and carry them in that match, and fly around and do what they could to make it watchable. And I think the same thing. Gargano is so good 
at the babyface in peril thing, though, that I think that that could save this in terms of being a great match. That's it. It'll be a hot match. I think it'll be a hot match. I don't know if it's when we're done, we're going to go, oh, my God, that was, you know, a, a great match. It, it could go a lot. I think they're going to have a great, you know, Gargano and Ciampa are going to have a great performance. And I think that, yeah, I think you brought it up perfect. Gargano's going to get beat down, beat down, beat down, make that hot tag. And the crowd's going to go nuts. And it's going to be fun in that respect. But when it's all said and done, we're going to go, ah, geez, you know, that wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the great back and forth thing that we want. It might tell a pretty good story, but it's not going to be one of those matches that's going to, you know, really resonate with people beyond that night. Gargano has to be great for this match to be great because it's going to be centered around him selling. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> now we got Nakamura and Rude. So, uh, Joe, what does this number mean to you? 37.5. I have no idea. Um, oh, the over under on I don't even know what is it. I don't know. Rich thirty seven point five is the average age of this main event oh, of not okay. Yeah, well, Triple H. What about the number thirty? What about the number thirty? What's thirty? Uh thirty. I'm guessing that's the ages of someone else. Who are that? Who's that? The ages? That's the entire card. That's the ages of the entire card. Thirty. Age. Thirty. You know, Triple H did say today that. Uh, NXT is doing a tremendous job polishing off young wrestlers for the main roster. So, <laughs> including their 38 and 35 year old that are in the main event, and yeah, okay. I mean Gargano. I mean I like Gargano and Ciampa, but you know they're 29 and 31 or 32 or whatever Ciampa is. You know Razor Nakam, they're young. The women are you know other than Oscar are young. 